When Gaga misses, when, when Leto misses, I will do a shot. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Clappercast, episode 95. I'm your host, the birthday boy, Carson Tamar. It is my birthday. I'm just saying it. Um, email us happy birthday because it'll make me feel better about my life. But I'm joined today by Alina Falls, Paul Price. How's everyone doing this fine day? Um, well, this will not be a drizzly ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is Paul not Paul? an ad read. <laughs> um so somebody's turning 21 and so i ordered um some vodka with alina to send to you we sent a um normal amount to send to one human i think we sent four liters um (laughs) (laughs) and so um i guess i'll let you describe what happened in your part uh (laughs) So I order it from the Drizzly app and I was like, oh, it'll it'll come real quick. Yeah. Um, and I was expecting you to order it this evening and it goes, he's getting it at 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, OK, king. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I already had an Amazon order a full of alcohol coming at 10 a.m. So I was like, great, I can just do both deliveries. It'll be fantastic. So Drizzly's the first one to pull up. And also I bought a beer last night at midnight at 7-Eleven. So I know my ID works. So he pulls up and I get out of the house and I say hi. He gives me this fucking heavy ass bag full of alcohol. And then he goes scan my ID and it says not 21. I was like, well, okay, I know I'm 21. That's strange. And then he goes, your birthday's in March? Question mark. And I was like, no. And I showed him the ID and everything. And he was like, you have to be 21. You have to be 21. I was like, okay, I am. And then he was like, I can't do it. And then he just left. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, that's chill. I was like, I thank you. I appreciate the thought, Paul. But for some reason, I thought it was because it was, like, on my birthday. But apparently it thought I was born in March. I'm not really sure. I don't yeah, understand so, how that happened. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I write um, the Drizzly Twitter. And to be fair, they do respond quickly. Like, I've written a lot of, like, customer service things um, on Twitter before. And they, like, take, like, a week. And then you're like, okay, the issue's already so past. I'm just like, I don't care anymore. But to this poor person, I was already, like, still angry. So, <laughs> uh, like, I explain the story. And I'm like, he's super embarrassed. And I'm livid. How can y'all fix this? And they write back and they say, unfortunately, he was born in March. <laughs> so, so Paul's response, by the way, let's be clear, is to text me, accusing me like, did you make up a fake birthday? Were you really born in March? <laughs> so I sent my ID over and I was like, no. So I send the ID and I say, that's today. That boy's sitting alone on his birthday and you just took away his vodka. <laughs> Number one, let's be clear, I'm not alone. Number two, I already, during this time, ordered alcohol from Amazon and had it delivered fine. So, <laughs> Hi, Paul. Thanks for reaching out. The order was voided and your payment will arrive in three to five days. And I write back, that's not the issue, all caps. The issue is I sent my friend vodka for his 21st birthday, which is today. And your delivery guy said he was born in March, question mark, question mark, question mark, and took his vodka. (laughs) I'm not letting this go. Literally, the main purpose of this app is gifting alcohol, and you guys screwed up the alcohol gifting guy. This adds up. Because once he came back, finally, three hours later, right before we finished or started recording, he was very, like, scared slash upset. He was like, put away your ID. Like, there's no need to scan. I'm so sorry. I cannot believe the app did this. I'm so sorry. I ruined the day. I was like, no, it's not, it's not your fault. I felt really bad for him. But, like, 
Okay. I'm shocked Continuing on. Uh, no, I went full Karen. I was oh, like, God, I expect more. you to rescind his order ASAP, and I appreciate you adding something extra for the embarrassment you guys caused him. And they're like, hi, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> i'm so sorry for the inconvenience that the store called uh, caused we just called them and they will send this order right away as an apology we've credited ten dollars to your account that'll apply automatically towards a future order and i said thanks though i prefer something to go to him he's the birthday boy and they said thanks we're sending him ten dollars as well <laughs> And I wrote back an hour later and I was like, any update on this? He has not received it. Hey, Paul, we're so sorry. We're oh sending God. you another $10. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, oh so anyway, I've he has his vodka. Like four times now and I still think it's fucking hysterical. Well, every time I hear it, just Paul adds more that he said. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. Because it's like, I, I like imagine when I was 21. And like, I had a really shitty 21. So, um, like, I was like visualizing just like having the vodka ripped out of your hands. Have it in my hands. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. It was bag. just he like. The bag. <laughs> in front of my entire like apartment complex. Yeah. So <laughs> all of were conveniently outside watching for some reason. <laughs> I do feel bad for the driver, though, because, like, I feel like he took it away because he would get in trouble if you were actually underage, so I get it, yeah. but their app needs to get their shit together. Fuck yeah, you, I mean, please. I'm not like, mad at all at the driver. Like, I yeah, that was not his that fault. he had yeah. his job. I try to make him feel okay. The, your app, when it reads an ID, should be able to say the right month. Well, and that's I'm gonna uh, say. the yeah. other thing, though, is, like, I was thinking about it when you first said it. I'm like, well, he is turning 21. I was like, no, that's literally the birthday that you most likely send a bunch of alcohol, like an obscene amount of alcohol for 21. Like this is like, if you're going to have one thing work on your app, it should be fucking 21. Like I agree. the, the second, like if I sent this at 1201, they should be like, yup, this is fine. Um, and they should have 7-Eleven does it. Yeah. And they should have protocols. Like, I understand, like, they don't want to give someone, like, you know, fake, uh, with a fake ID or whatever, but, like, have protocols set up in place to where it's like, okay, this is, this yeah. is fine. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Happy birthday. I, I appreciate greatly. Again, I have quite literally, I think, gallons of vodka now, so I think I'm going to survive for a few weeks at least. <laughs> Which might be a good thing, because we finally have the Oscar nominations, and I might need a few shots to talk about them. So why don't we cut? We've recorded our live reactions to the awards being announced. So let's cut to a little like highlight package of our reactions, our live reactions from 5 a.m. in the morning. And then let's cut to a conversation we had with the film drunk where we analyze the nominees and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Jackass Forever. We'll talk about Moonfall. Yes, Alina, we will talk about wrestling. We'll talk about all that. But let's jump to the Oscar nominations. Oh, God. Why did we get Leslie Jordan do this? <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is problematic. I, I imagine that like Kristen Stewart right now is sitting here biting her nails off listening to this <laughs> I hope imagine spencer gets get nominated for the category. roles well that's how I, just, I i think we'll know i think we'll know pretty quick supporting actress oh wow jesse oh, shit. buckley in the lost daughter who ariana debose in West i thought Side it was debose this whole time judy dench hey in Belfast. queen 
Hmm. Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog. No balance. <gasps> and Ingenue Ellis Oh my god. Wait, that's wild. My turn. That is wild. Here are the nominees. Holy shit. That's so good. I love that for us. <laughs> I like her though. I know, but just like it's very funny. Cyrano. Oh, Cyrano. Ooh, love that. Dune. Nightmare Alley. Where's House of Gucci? And West Side Story. <laughs> this is already. This is bullshit. <laughs> Where is? Well, maybe next year. Oh God. Joining us are eleven. Oh my God. We're still doing this kind of stuff. In I woke up the uh, entire hospital at five a.m. <laughs> There's people just dying in the background. <laughs> Forty-seven people died during this moment. I borrowed it. From your Oscar nominations gift basket. Ah, okay. Oh God. And now, adapted <laughs> Man, screenplay. The nominees this. are Coda, screenplay mm. by Sean Hader. Screen by oh. Ryusuke Hamaguchi. And I think just a scream. I did too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was very I was excited. Like, Dune, screenplay by John. Spades, Denouve, No, Leslie, no. Oh Do they not the like brief them on how to pronounce people's names before? And the power of the dog, written by Jane Cappy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Five screenplays I don't like. Original Great. screenplay. <laughs> Belfast, okay. written by Kenneth Brana. Don't look up. Screen Wait, did being the Ricardo's miss? McKay. Yeah. Story by Adam McKay. Holy shit. David Sirota. King Richard. Holy shit. By that's Zach so sad Galen. for me. <laughs> Licorice Pizza. Written by Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson. And, and the worst person in the world. Huh. Written by Eskil Vocht and Joachim that's Trier. Interesting. Another category for me. <laughs> Back to back, Leslie again. I think they like my announcer oh, voice. And now, imagine being <laughs> Denise New and hearing your name butchered like that during your <laughs> biggest moment in your life. It's not even that complicated of a name. And now, here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a supporting okay, role. Okay, interested. Kareen Hines in okay. Belfast. Leto, where is he? Troy Kotzer in Coda. <sighs> Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. Okay. J.K. Simmons in Yay. Are Clemens. you Fuck kidding yeah. me? And Cody Smith McPhee in Power Fuck of the Dog. Fuck you, Oscars. <laughs> Fuck Coda. <laughs> Fuck all this shit. Wait, These are all shit performances. Wait, I thought. I'm actually excited about J.K. Simmons. I um, just took him out of my Oscar predictions. I'm so mad. Why? But they're taking a break. Why? I'm have work to oh, do and okay. <laughs> okay how much fun is this well, this is the most fun i, I hope they do like a 30 minute karaoke break like the oscars in the do. morning <laughs> i feel like all of my let's not are you like reactions i just yes, like Tracy, okay, i'm sitting on I a guess. pillow <laughs> sure uh, i'm sorry the, the only he was so good in house of gucci he's so bad there. in house of gucci and the makeup <laughs> work you're really gonna ignore that makeup work reese what's the main one tell us everything 
<laughs> Why are we just um, highlighting Jesse Buckley? Who cares? They just found a Jesse Buckley stand, and they're just like talk. The one. What is happening right now? Imagine if you're a best supporting actress, and you're like, um, I'm sorry, what? They're just talking. It's just um, so incredible to me that she was able to step into this role and just about the fact that everyone else category. Um, I don't Dame Judy care Dench about for this Belfast. guy. Um, I bet uh, excited to see her Katarina's full on bawling uh, right now. Like hysterical sobbing. I would have preferred her over She is such a talent. I agree. I would like Kieran Hines to win out of the Best Supporting Actor category. Largely uh, he's genuinely the only one I think and is good. Lastly, uh, I think J.K. Simmons is good, but that's it. Oh no, I like Simmons. Right. Yeah, I like him too. But... Role that she's been in for yeah, no, this, that was a wild category. I guess I have to try Coda again. Um, I was thinking about rewatching all the Best Texture nominees, and I was like, what if I just like half these films? What's now? your take on <laughs> the nominees or on my? Costume. That's the problem with like having <laughs> to shit your opinions out to a lot of people. They like remember. Thank you. What no. What stories are you most excited to see coming up? Oh, I, I, I've been dying to see who's going to get nominated for Best Picture. That's, that's really? what I've been waiting the whole year for. Okay. Thank you. And do you see any trends? Do you see any trends developing? Anything that's... The Lord is testing me. When I say the Lord, I mean Leslie Jordan. I don't know. I, I feel like it's too early. To say, I'm looking forward to. I hate this man. No offense. Yeah, it's. It, oh, I think Ruth Mega missed for passing. Really also, been fun Thank hearing you. your take. Oh on yeah, all well, there are. Reasons, that's sad. So. Checking back in with yeah, you later. Yeah, that's sad for me. Sounds great. I bet that's really <laughs> sad for Tessa Thompson right now. Although, again, so, imagine uh, you're Kristen Jessica Stewart or Jessica Chastain or any of those people good. sitting here yeah. listening to yeah. this man. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so rushed. That was rushed. Hearing your name announced this morning is a moment each nominee will never forget. Not that I would know what an Oscar nomination is. Leslie wants an in-depth thirty-minute interview. Oh, Leslie and a girl can dream too. For those hunker downers just joining us, good morning. Just fucking nominate something. I don't care. All right. Now it is time for the. This is specifically to annoy people who care about the Oscars. Big one at the end for big picture. Here are the nominees for achievement in film. For the big picture. Don't look up. Oh God! It has horrible editing. That's I mean, they had Bohemian Rhapsody when wait the Belfast the dog and Tick Tick Boom. Ooh, like I'm literally, so, there's been one time right. in like the last Leslie, like sixty years, Best Picture winner missed that. Beautiful. Yeah, but Tick Tick Boom getting in is wild. You, Tracy, yes. and West Side Story missed. Power the Dog is winning Best Picture. Maybe Tick Tick Boom will win. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, over okay. Come now, on. here are the nominees. Makeup and hairstyling. If Tammy Famous is. Coming to America. Ew. Cruella. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dune. Yes. The Eyes of Tammy oh, Faye. <sighs> Yay. And House of Gucci. Okay, thank God it got rewarded somewhere. <laughs> and now Jesus. it is time to meet <sighs> a huge movie wow, fan. Wow, that really. 
coming to us from Tampa. <laughs> if they didn't miss huge there, it was over for, for my gal Jessica. <laughs> well, to me, everyone. He is a WWE superstar who established Alina. an award-winning Thaddeus M. Bullitt I think that's Academy Titus is his name Middle in WWE. School. The Academy's mission is to serve economically disadvantaged students Paul by just providing cries. them with a first-class education. <laughs> I just love that I just got a notification that said, Robert Pattinson, Titus says, Titus Pattinson says, I'm not tiny. His ex-girlfriend is about to lose out on a nomination, and it's like, I'm not tiny. <laughs> oh, they're getting an eighth grader to do the animated feature category? That's cute. Courtney. Because animated and stuff is for kids. Yep. For the See, I'm happy I don't have to watch Bell now. For achievement in music yeah, me too. Actually, I was just thinking that. Dos Oruguitas from Why would you give him another hard pronunciation? Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not oh, Be Televised. Yay. And Riding <gasps> with Fire. The Rescue Mist. I wave every time you drive by. I say, hello, firefighters. Okay. I really do. Next up, the no, nominees for achievement <laughs> in cinematography. Luana, a yak in the classroom. Yes, yak. Iconic. And the worst person in the world. Yeah, no hero. Leslie, I'm sad about that. But I know Lamb. Which I there's one that sucks for us. Fucking national teacher, actually. Interesting that they asked a trivia question about Woody Allen. Speaking on behalf of the students, wild choice. We're back. We stand. The nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role are Javier Bardem in being the fuck yes. Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom, I love Will that for Smith us. in King Richard, and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy. That's a good list. Mm -hmm. Who missed? Oh, Leonardo. Yes. Well done. Beautiful. Thank you, Felicia Not like and John missed, and but all like the missed. students <clears throat> who joined God. us today. Okay. Okay. Here we now, go. Here we go. Here we go. The nominees for performance by an actress <sighs> in a leading role. Come on, Gaga. Jessica Chastain yes. in the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz in Parallel. Gaga's Mothers. missing. No, don't do that to me. Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos. I'm scared. And Kristen Stewart in What? <laughs> what? She was the Just two more characters. Oh, oh. Gaga was the one to get in everywhere. Gaga was the only one to get in everywhere. And the nominees are. I can breathe. I mean, I'm sad about this. Oh, Belfast got on shit. Ray Yusuke Hamaguchi, Drive My Car. Oh my God. I want to watch Drive My Car. Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog. Christ. And Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Okay. And finally, Fine. the big one. Here's the nominees <sighs> okay. for Best Picture. Thank God. Belfast. Laura Berwick. Okay. Kenneth oh, no. Brana, They're going to read all the names. Becca. <laughs> this is going to be really hard. I hate when they do not just say the fucking Kamar movie title. Thomas producers. Oh, being the Ricardo's missed. Coda. Philippe Rousselet. Shit Fabrice Giafermi. And Patrick Damn, being the card is missed. I'm sad. Producer. The producers. Don't look up. Adam McKay and Kevin Messick. <sighs> actual garbage Drive my car. Teruhisa Yamamoto. Okay. Producer. 
Dune, Mary Parent, Daniel I'm happy for that. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Also, love how we butchered Villeneuve's name again. King Richard, Tim White. Yeah, they didn't correct him during that seven-hour interview. Will Smith, producers. Licorice Pizza, Sarah Murphy, Adam Sandler. How are there so many good movies in this? Is the list we're going with? Producers. I just don't care. Nightmare Alley. Holy shit! Really? Good thing I'm seeing that tonight. Producers. The Power of the Dog. Oh, I thought Matthew Story missed. Okay, so in West Side Story. Tanya Segachian, sorry, Emil Sherman, Ian Canning, and Roger Frappier, producers. And West Side Story, Steven Spielberg and Christy Macosco Krieger. So what producers. missed? Being the Ricardos, Spider Man. Ten great <laughs> Tragedy of Macbeth. Was Tick Tick Boom nominated? Sure nope. That was the other on one. March on ABC. So it is a little bit later in the day. We've had some time to reflect on the Oscar nominations. We're joined by Jonathan from The Film Drunk. And let's go around and let's first just share our overall thoughts. What our biggest snubs or surprises or what spoke to us come the Oscar nominations. And then we'll get into some more specifics. And Jonathan being our guest, why don't you start us off? Because you're the only one who wasn't here this morning just crying at everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I woke up on my own time because I care about my mental health. I mean, the Oscar nominations, <laughs> like, okay, people are going to complain about a lot because that's just the nature of these things. And people are also going to cheer a lot. So I guess in that sense, this was, I guess, exciting. I guess, I mean, uh, like some truly like really surprises stuff that I predicted like half assing because I just I didn't even believe it myself, but I would just predict it and then shit actually ended up fucking happening. So in that regard, I guess it's good. There are some snubs that absolutely like fucking kill me. I still don't. I feel I feel like really out of touch this like award season, if I'm being honest. There are movies that people hate that I'm like, I think this is fine. And there are movies that people love where I was like, I just don't understand this shit. So all in all, it was another fucking Oscar nomination. It's still exciting for me, even if like I just get absolutely destroyed. But, you know, so solid morning. Can't complain. Except for Sing 2. Dude. Okay. Yo, my <laughs> subscribers, like I feel so heard and seen when everyone started commenting Sing 2 on my live stream. But yeah. Justice for Sing 2. What the fuck? It's Misha's fault, or the, it's Mina. I don't know her name. The elephant's fault. Bro, put some respect oh, okay. on her Mina, dude. Mina. Well, I remember the good performers. <laughs> the gorilla, oh. amazing. Ele you yeah. know, the elephant, not so much. I do like that you saying that you feel on the outside, because I feel the same way as someone who nearly cried when Jared Leto missed this morning. I think that's my <laughs> real story of this Oscars was House of Gucci falling apart. I've been on this train since I saw it of oh, Lady Gaga, Jared Leto, yay. And then in the past week, everyone was like, wow, Carson, Lady Gaga is really working out for you. She's probably going to win. And I was like, yes, it's just nice. And then this morning, it kind of <laughs> imploded on itself. And just all my hopes and dreams lost. This is the second year in a row Jared Leto missed. Granted, I didn't like the little thing, so that wasn't that sad. But this really is tragic. I mean, it missed costume. It, it was just—it was a bad morning for Hasaguchi, and that's my real negative. I can make—I can make fun of you, but also, like you know, as um, 
many people have said I am the only person that really likes being the Ricardos. Um, like as soon as that screenplay nom miss happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. Um, and then Javier showed up and then JK showed up and I was like, OK, we're back. We're back. We were not back. <laughs> it was over. I thought it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen. I, it's so weird that it didn't happen. Yeah, it's like yeah. you look at that list and, you know, um, like I'm not an Oscar analyst, but also I did better than a lot of the Oscar analysts. So fuck them. But like um, in terms of like my <laughs> guesses, um, I really think that it seems like everyone voted so many number ones that were weird that all of the like mid range films, the House of Gucci's, the, you know, the being the Ricardo's, things like that, I think just kind of missed by accident. Um, like, I think a lot of people who like voted were like, oh, shit, that was my number three. I'm sad. But like, you know, they voted number one on things like Coda on Don't Look Up, Nightmare Alley, things that like they thought may miss um, and drive my car specifically as well. Um, and I think that that's why we have like a pretty it is a very like weird ranking, you know, of our top 10. But I'm not like upset about that. I'm just a little bummed that some of them missed. Like I would have liked Tick, Tick, Boom in there. This is what I'm most upset about. Not only was my guy, Denny Villeneuve's name, butchered twice on this fucking Oscar <laughs> nominations reveal, but then he misses Best Director. How could they do that to my next door neighbor? I'm like livid. He's like the only French Canadian I like. I'm furious. That's the one thing that has pissed me off to no end. The rest, I don't give a fuck. Fine. But you're going to do that to Denny? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that one hurt. Yeah, yeah that, that one one's hurt. actually hurt me. that one is really surprising, especially when you look at the rest of the list. I feel like I kind of wonder if like the predictions in the same way uh, for you, Carson, that uh, Gaga missed. I really wonder if it's like something that uh, they saw Kristen miss and we're like, oh, shit, we got to get her back. And then the trade off of that is they lost Gaga because. You know, they weren't voting for her. And then also like Penelope Cruz snuck in. This is a Chris Daughtry on American Idol all over again. And I love that no one's going to get that, but it is. Oh my God, <laughs> I actually do reference. get that deep cut. <laughs> um, I would say the same with uh, Adam Lambert, uh, Taylor Hicks here. Same thing of like, oh, vote for the. Uh, Vote for the nerd. Wow, I haven't heard that name in years. Power the dog is the Taylor Hicks of the Oscars. <laughs> uh, see, my biggest thing now is like, uh, no. Power the dog is no. just going to win Best Picture because, like, I'm a firm believer in the editing. Like, you have to get editing. So my options are that King Richard or Dune. So I'm a delusional Dune fan. If at least if Tick Tick Boom got in picture, I could be a delusional Tick Tick Boom fan. So now it just feels it's... like there's no path for anything but power of the dog which i hate see I, I i don't feel like the editing thing will hold up as well as it used to um now that they've diversified the um base as much because like there are like certain rules and i think each year we're seeing that disappear more and more specifically like you know looking at best actress none of the best actresses are in best picture i don't think that's happened in years if i think it was 95 was the last time that happened and that was back when there were only five movies. So that was like a lot easier to do. This is wild. Um, I mean, you know, fair. I'm sure that both uh, Lost Daughter and Being the Ricardos were probably in like the top 15. But that doesn't change the fact that, uh, you know, I think we're going to start getting weirder stuff happening. 
Um, I mean, the sole screenplay nomination uh, streak broke after, I think, 40 years or something like that. So. It was a oh, yeah, yeah, that's the first time Best Actor nominee broke. Yeah, that's like 40 years. I do wonder um, if they thought that it was going to be um, the. I don't know what they I guess worst person on the world. But no, that would have gotten in for international. Yeah, it did. I thought it was going to be Lost Daughter. Because Coleman, I think, really surprised. I think that was probably the biggest surprise from actress for me. Really? I thought it, it was Cruz all the way down. Coleman was a surprise to you? Well, both Coleman and Cruz, to be fair. I, I guess I thought Coleman had a better shot than Cruz. But I think missing the... I can... Uh, see, I can see, like, um, if... Since Coleman did miss the BAFTAs. Um, Everyone missed was, the BAFTA. Yeah, Everyone who's nominated fair. for Best Actress is not in the BAFTA lineup. I know. BAFTA does not... Like, it doesn't even fucking matter now. Yeah, um, I really think... I really think they've kind of like screwed themselves. Um, I, I bet you see a change in the BAFTAs, actually, because of how different it is. But yeah, um, I don't know, Alina, what was your uh, big surprise, big snub? Anything you were excited about? Um, I have more things to complain about, actually. I'm really <laughs> upset about the international feature category. That was also bullshit. Like, fine. I still haven't seen Drive My Car. I will watch it tomorrow, I promise. But as of right now, I'm a hater. <laughs> But like, what? <laughs> it's so too long. Don't ask me. I Don't ask me. Wait, I love it. You haven't seen it. I know. Well, okay. To be so fair, why I... would I enjoy a three-hour movie of a guy being sad in a car? If I wanted to do that, I would go and date my ex-boyfriend what? again. Don't ask me. Don't do it. <laughs> well, you uh, you also have to know. Um, uh, yeah, I was also gonna say I did not finish uh, drive my car. I turned it off. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got what? about halfway and through, and Paul and I, and I was usually like... <laughs> are usually aligned in things. Not always. But I will try it again, um, but I really just like we were doing like the international category like day, and I had so many international movies. I was like, this is too long for me. I can't do this right now. It, so it was. Wait, the so DNF. have you seen the Have you seen the Yak one? Then no, not yet. No. Yeah, well, why don't we go through the individual main eight categories and I guess give our predictions or what we hope or whatever your thoughts are. So for original screenplay, we have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, or the and the worst person in the world. Um, Paul, maybe you want to start us out here? Yeah, I guess. Okay, so I'm going to say worst person in the world is the one um, that I hope gets it. I think it's the most original of the original screenplays. Um. I have a sinking feeling that either it could be licorice pizza, but I kind of think don't look up might get it. And I'm like very, very nervous about that scenario. (laughs) But like, it's just, it seems like the thing that like, you know, you read the reactions on Twitter to like people who actually matter and they're all like, I loved don't look up screenplay. And it's just like, "Mm, could you see it? They're like, Oh, I've done climate change now. You know, I am now a hero for voting for this movie. Greta Thunberg, like they're checking off. Don't look up. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I think and hope it's Belfast personally. I would like that also, Carson. But I still haven't seen Licorice Pizza. (laughs) Or Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's awesome. It's awesome, guys. Um, <laughs> happy for you. Happy for you. Yeah, my my hope, my pick would be the worst person in the world. I, I agree with Paul. I think I think it's the best one here. 
as far as a prediction, I I was, you know, for the like the, before the Globes happened, I was like Belfast is gonna win this, and then Belfast did win screenplay there. But then afterwards, I was like I switched to Licorice Pizza just because of how I felt things were going. But Licorice Pizza kind of had a shit day today. It it only got three nominations. I know Belfast also didn't have a great day. Also, I missed some stuff, but like Licorice Pizza literally only got three in screenplay, director, and picture, which I guess is cool. But I for my prediction, I would have to think about it. This is just off the top. I don't know. I might just go back to Belfast to be honest. Fuck. See, I don't think Belfast had like a bad day. The only thing it really missed was editing. Other like there's Dench and stuff that was weird for it. But, That's like, a big it one. Got in everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I no, I know. But... <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Production design, no. <laughs> Jamie Dornan. Okay, well, it's not happen. its fault that Tragedy of Macbeth came out, so they couldn't be the only black and white film. I am so upset about Jamie Dornan. Okay, because here, here's my him. thing: if he, if he had gotten great. in, I would have believed in my heart it was actually for Barb and Star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can, I can go with that logic. Well, moving on to best adapted screenplay, we have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog, aka five screenplays I have issues with. Um, <laughs> love that. Uh, I will say personally, I guess my prediction will just be Power of the Dog because I think it's going to win everything. But I, I hope for Drive My Car. It's the only like, I would say it's the only like really good screenplay here. The rest I think r- range from like Dune to Bad. So, <laughs> Dune to Elena, Bad. What are your thoughts? Like, two of these I still haven't seen, and then two of them I didn't like. So I would like it to be Dune because that was my second favorite movie of the year. Dune's lit. <laughs> It, it do be I'm lit. just it now be noticing lit. that mm-hmm. I'm just now noticing that uh, West Side Story missed. I don't know how yeah. that yeah. just like passed me by, but uh, <laughs> I'm like looking at the list. I'm like, wait, I was going to say West Side Story for my preference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to abstain because I haven't seen Power of the Daughter, uh, the Power of the Daughter, Power of the Daughter, the, oh. <laughs> the last movie. daughter Um and I think that's going to be my preference. Um, but I do think it's going to be drive my car. Um, I just can kind of see it. It seems like that's the one that you could put a lot of weight behind and end up getting. Don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up because I actually align <laughs> with Carson. I, I would predict part of the dog. Part of the dog is going to win like 27 Oscars. Um, my personal pick would be drive my car because I think it's the best one. Let's get this thing to Parasite levels. Let's get Drive My Car to win Best Picture. I'd be fine with that, honestly. Man, dude, I would cry. I would cry. No, that's that's like such a like, I feel like we're doing Nomad again, where it's just sad, slow (laughs) movies, (laughs) where it's a great movie winning. I agree. It's not. (laughs) Just just depressing ass movies. Above Nomadland. I love no, that me and Paul retrospectively like look at last year's Oscars completely different because like I was like my favorite film finally won Best Picture and you like a film you hate one so we just retroactively look at that year very very different yeah it's very different um, although I you know I still feel that um, in my heart the father won because that was the <laughs> last category that was revealed so <laughs> in my mind I was drunk enough to think that the father won. Uh, moving on to supporting actor, we have Syrian Hins for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. Jonathan, why don't you start us off with supporting actor? Yeah, this one's actually kind of tough. Um, as far as my personal pick, 
gotta be honest i'm not really i'm not huge on like any of these um i guess my personal pick would be troy kotzer at least i would feel like happy that he gets like recognition or something versus like i don't like i don't know i really don't feel that strongly about like fucking anyone here like if bradley cooper is here like motherfucker he'd be mine as far as our prediction it's either kotzer or smith mcphee to be honest um i i I guess i'll just go kotzer as well just because i feel like Coda might win something i don't know i don't know i don't like this category my preference would be Simmons because I'm a whore for the Ricardos. Um, and I thought it was going to be Cody until Jesse Plemons got in. Now I'm pretty sure it's Troy. Um, I think that they'll split the votes because I think a lot of people like Plemons. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would like it to be Karen Hines for Belfast. Uh, I think he was my favorite in Belfast. Um but I also wouldn't be mad about it being Troy Kotzer. So I didn't mind Coda. I liked it. You guys are the ones that didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't hate it. Me and Paul really like villainized Troy Kotzer. (laughs) (laughs) I hated the the film beginning with, but now I just hate this man. No offense. And last year they did the exact same Wait, last what? year they did the exact same thing with Sound of Metal. So, like, I don't know. Maybe Paul just make sense. And they're friends. No, it makes sense. Yeah, Weird ass men are friends. And I don't like either. <laughs> Both just gave me, like, very uncomfortable vibes during the movie. And I don't think they were supposed to. I guess it's just, like, I don't know, like, that type of person I probably just knew when I was younger. Maybe it's because we're from Texas, Carson. Maybe we just know a lot of those kind of like. Cre- I don't think it's weird to find the guy who's violently signing to his daughter that he has like ass issues. I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird to find that a bit strange. I think we're valid. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's nice. But I just don't like him as an actor. Gosh, violently signing. Wow. He was <laughs> wow. in the doctor's office to his uh, to his daughter. I watched the movie, and then I interviewed the cinematographer and told her I loved it. So there we are. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm gonna tragically go Cody Smith McPhee to win this. Uh, Troy would be my villain origin story, but my my um, hope is the Belfast boy. Obviously, I think he's great. I hate actually I dislike everyone else in this category so that well I, I like JK actually I shouldn't say that I like Jesse Plemons what do you mean I liked it when he Benedict just called him fatso the entire time and then they were like <laughs> but he's gay so it's chill <laughs> that is the thesis part of the dog brother if you've not seen it you've now seen it um cool oh, man well supporting actress we have Jesse Buckley for the lost daughter Ariana DeBose for a West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kristen Dunst for Power of the Dog, and Andrean Ellis for King Richard. Paul, why don't you start us off again? I um, don't dislike anyone on this category, so I would be perfectly fine with any of them to win, which is nice. Um, but I will say um, I believe and hope for Ariana. I echo that pretty much exactly. I think Dunst is the second best part of Power of the Dog behind the score. And really, they are the only two good things about that movie. Um, but I like everyone else in this category. So I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, OK. I was a little rude when you brought up Judy Dench. Didn't mean to cuss that much during that sense. Judy Dench is very <laughs> lovely. 
Judy Dench is a very lovely person. I just do She's not. She's gonna like die before the Oscars, and we'll pull Dude, that clip oh, out. I just, like, I just, I don't know what she did. That was fucking Oscar worthy. But I do like everyone here. Um, I feel like I like King Richard more than like at least what I'm seeing in like film Twitter. And I thought Andrea Ellis was like really great in it. Love Kirsten Dunst. Jesse Buckley was fire. I would also probably. I'll, well, I'm predicting Ariana DeBose because she's like hasn't really lost really anything. My like personal pick. I don't really care that much because I like them all, but I guess I'll just go to Bose too. That'd be cool. Yeah, I also agree that like I like Ariana the best and want her, and I think she's gonna like win. But yeah, I don't really have issues with like any of them. I still haven't seen The Lost Daughter. I think I'll watch it on Thursday. Um, but like, no, this is the one category that I like not at all upset about, and I wouldn't be upset about any of them. Yes. So moving on to best actor, we have Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Congratulations, Paul. We have Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. Going very quickly, I think the cum shots are going to have a very good day, come Oscar day, because I think Benedict Cumberbatch is pretty much guaranteed to win this. Um, I wouldn't want him to win this because he's not just bad, but he is miscast for that role. Um, I guess I would actually prefer... Oh, I'd prefer Denzel. I think Denzel's great in that film. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be Cumberbatch all the way. Wow. You really think Cumberbatch is going to win? Damn. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Who that's who, that's who I... What? Whoa. I'm, well, I, I I'm guess Will Smith, with... you're assuming. Yeah, I'm stick... yeah, I'm assuming Will Smith. Well, I, mean, no, I, think I don't... Power's going to win Best I don't Picture, so I think it's going to come with it. You think... Also, like, like I feel like that narrative is just... Something. I don't think I think that narrative has been there since the beginning, right? Like he got in, but I don't think it has momentum to carry him compared to someone like Cumberbatch, who I think is just continually rising. Dang. I wouldn't be shocked if even like, to be honest, Garfield got. Imagine. Wait, imagine if imagine if Troy and Will both win and both the lead actors had long fart scenes. (laughs) 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 Our winning actors are just like, that's the new thing. I'm going to go... Okay, so actually, Carson, I will correct you. I think Javier Bardem is bad and miscast in being the Ricardo, so this is sad for me. Um, But I'm going to go preference, Andrew Garfield, expectation, Benedict. Wait, oh, um, sorry, Jonathan. What was your preference? Uh, Well, shit, I guess I'm uh, the contrarian here. I would pick Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought he was the best part of the movie. I understand where the miscasting comes from, but actually... Like, I don't know. I feel like it oddly worked for me in a weird fucking way. Uh, my prediction is Will Smith. My prediction is uh, Will Smith. To be clear, Jonathan, you're oh, valid because yeah. you come on the podcast. Anyone else who says on Twitter, I do not think is valid. Yeah, you only get right. pass. Friends of the podcast can have whatever. <laughs> I don't whatever want our listeners thinking that I'm giving them too much here. I don't think that Will Smith is valid, but you are. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, I would like Will Smith to win. I liked him. I don't think I'd be mad about any of them either. Maybe Javier, but I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like lean towards you guys and feel like Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win it, which I would not be mad about because unfortunately I am a Cumberbitch. Um, for Best Actress, I guess actually here you go. Congrats, Paul. Uh, Jessica Chastain got in for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Colman got in for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. And Kristen Stewart for Spencer. It's weird that they, I think they forgot to list Lady Gaga on the list, but I'm going to ignore that, <laughs> I guess, for now. Alina, why don't you start us off for Best Actress? I'm going to be mean. 
I think Kristen Stewart sucked in Spencer. And why? She was not good. Like, every time people say Kristen Stewart was good in Spencer, I just think of the opening scene in the diner when she's lost. And I'm like, that was literally some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. And if we weren't podcasting about it, I probably would have walked out. And half my screening of Spencer did walk out. So I feel like I was on the right side of history here. And everyone else is wrong. Um, I would love it to be Jessica Chastain. I haven't seen Lost Daughter or Parallel Mothers yet. I kind of feel like it might be Nicole Kidman because they do love an actor playing an actor, right? We'll see. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll actually, I mean, you know, my personal pick is Chastain. And this is coming from someone who's just tired of like this category because it's always just fucking biopics. I'm tired of it. I wish I would do something else. But her, she is different. Because that shit was fire. And she would be my personal thing. My prediction, like, honestly, it'll just be whoever wins SAG. But as of right now, I'm just going to stick with Nicole Kidman winning her second. I echo that. I think Kidman's the safe bet for now. But whoever wins SAG, I'll go with. I really could see it being um, any of those people. Um, I, I guess my Chastain would also probably be my, like, who I want. I, I think everyone in this category is at least okay. Even, if, even if I don't like their movies. So I'm not too like mad about any of this other than the fact that the best performance by an actress this year is not in it but like that's okay it's the oscars what do you expect wait was lady gaga actually like you're like number one with like for actress we don't we don't need to get in my house of Gucci talks. we really don't i assure you jared leto is in my lineup i don't want to talk about it all right fair enough okay so i'm gonna be crazy and i'm gonna say I want Chastain and I think it could be Chastain and I'm going to like have a like uh, like that Charlie Day meme where he's standing there and like pointing and like drugged out. And my reasoning for it (laughs) is if you go through everyone else, everyone's either one or is in a movie that like some people don't like Um, Chastain is the only one that's like transformative biopic and she's been nominated three times now and hasn't won it feels like the safe, like, give it to her pick, um, mm. which is great for me. But I, I just think, like, it's going to be, like, everyone's going to sit there on nomination or, uh, you know, win evening and be like, oh, my God, what happened? And it's like, I, I think that's what happened is I think when you look at that list, you're like, well, Nicole already won. Penelope's already won. Olivia just won. And then Kristen Stewart, we didn't like that movie. So I just see it. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm going. She's also campaigning the hell. Also, out of I think that I think Gaga mm-hmm. could win for SAG. Um, so I think it could really screw things. <laughs> I think that like the SAG people, uh, I was telling you this earlier, Jonathan, like SAG is such like, yes, there are the the actors, but there's also like people who are in fucking commercials and shit. And like, you know, normal people who just happen to have a SAG card are also voting. So Trisha I think Paytas get, like, is in SAG, to be clear. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. That's iconic. Yeah. She posted a video today that was 42 minutes saying Oscar uh, noms. Where's Gaga? And it was her holding all her SAG um, screeners. Okay, so that was queen. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, wow. that's what I'm saying. It's like everyone's in it. Um, like most of my friends are in it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I voted for it. And they like they're the kinds that vote without seeing the movie, um, you know, because it's that. fun to vote. Um, so, yeah, it, it's very easy to get SAG cards. Maybe we should all do that. That'll be our. 2022 goal 
I mean, that makes sense for Gaga to win, especially since Gucci got Ensemble and Jared Leto got in. So that, that would also make yeah, sense. Yeah, and it's like them. also like now the snub push. Um, so I think it'll completely mm-hmm. uh, make Oscar Night Wild. BAFTA doesn't matter. And then oddly enough, fucking Critics' Choice. Loki matters yep. then. <laughs> let's move on that note. Let's move on to Best Director. Uh, we have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Raizuki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Butchered that, I know. I'm sorry. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. And Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Jonathan, why don't you take it away here? Dude, that was crazy. As you were going through it, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to say my preferences, Denny Villeneuve. And I was like, oh, fuck. I just totally fucking blanked again. <laughs> so fucking sad. Um... <laughs> So, okay, I mean, Campion is going to win this. Like, that's that's a lock. That's a wrap. That's, it's done. Um, so my personal pick, um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. What's that story? Arizona. Represent. I completely agree with you. So I'll just pop in and say that. <laughs> Agreed, except Kenneth Branagh is my want. But yes, Campion. <laughs> Campion's going to win for Power of the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> you were testing Jonathan today. <laughs> <laughs> um I my preference is also Spielberg and it's mostly because he made me kind of like a musical and I feel like that's a win bigger than an Academy Award. Cuz I'm a hater. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually not a fan of musicals either, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I did really I agree. love West Side Story. Unless me it's too. Cats or Mamma Mia, I tend to hate it. So, good on you. Right? <laughs> Specifically Mamma Mia 2. Yes, please. Thank you for clarifying. Mamma Mia 2, here we go again, is where my alliances <laughs> stay. That and Cats 2019, to be clear. Though the play is also good. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to picture. Uh, we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Alina, you're fresh off Nightmare Alley. Why don't you start us off? I assume you might be predicting Nightmare Alley. Was it that good? I did really like Nightmare Alley, but I don't want it to win Best Picture because it was long as fuck. Jesus Christ. I <laughs> liked it, but I also looked at my watch like nine times. Okay, so what do you think it? Dune. I want it to be Dune. I think it's going to be Power of the Dog, but I would love it to be Dune. Here's the thing. Historically, I'm terrible at predicting best picture. The only time I've ever done this actually correctly was Nomadland. So I will be predicting Power of the Dog. But hopefully that means I'm wrong and I can delusionally have like Dune win or Belfast win or really anything else win but Power of the Dog I would take. Even Coda, because at least Coda I can be like, well, that's great for diversity. Like, that's good. I'm, pr- I'm like happy for that. <laughs> Literally the only one that's irredeemable is Power of the Dog. So I'm going to predict it to win. But I'm hoping for anything else. <laughs> You're just going to curse it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the power of the dog. Uh, that would be my prediction. Um, you know, I actually think the top three is are, like, power of the dog, then Belfast, then fucking, like, don't look up or some shit like that. Just because don't look up got, like, editing and screenplay and all that shit. Oh, go ahead. I forgot uh, that was nominated. I should say also that would be irredeemable. <laughs> Either one of those two. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, that would be really embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my personal pick would between dune or west side story um technically i did have dune higher than it west side story on my top 10 so i will go with dune as my personal pick i'm gonna go with west side story as my personal pick and i guess power of the dog but there is part of me that thinks it could be belfast 
like a strong part of me. So that was our chat on the Oscar nominations. Jonathan, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, at the Film Junk on Twitter and now Letterboxd. I went pro to change my username. Can't believe I spent money on that. And uh, obviously on YouTube <laughs> at the Film Junk. And also Spider-Man is an Oscar nominated movie. Well, let's hear a word from our sponsor for today's episode. And then let's get into our new releases for the week. And my friends, that is the Star Draft. Hollywood's award season is right around the corner, and that means another season of Star Draft is upon us. Star Draft turns Hollywood's award season into fantasy football. You draft actors and musicians, they win accolades throughout the award season, and your team earns points. This year, the Star Draft is hoping to sign up their thousandth user, and if they do, they're going to give away $1,000 in cash prizes. So join a league today and spread the word. Even we at Clappercast have a league that you can join on the site's public leagues page. So sign up today, battle it out with me, Alina, and Paul. Just look up Clappercast on the website, and that is at thestardraft.com. Once again, thestardraft.com. And may the anoms be ever in your favor. Okay, and let's start off our conversations about the films of the week with Amazon's upcoming film, I Want You Back. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Everyone's releasing these romantic films. Alina, why don't you start us off with I Want You Back? I thought this was so cute, and I was not expecting it to be this cute because I feel like in the most recent years, we haven't really had, like, very good rom-coms. I feel like the only one, like, recently that I really loved was Broken Hearts Gallery. Um, But yeah, this one, I Want You Back, it has Charlie Day and Jenny Slate as the main characters. Um, So Charlie Day's character gets jumped by Gina Rodriguez after, like, six years of dating. Um, and Jenny Slate gets dumped by Scott Eastwood, which I also would be devastated if Scott Eastwood dumped me, to be fair. So I totally get why she went insane. Um, yeah, so they both get dumped and they work at the same office and they happen to like meet each other in the stairwell and they're like, hey, we both got dumped. Let's be besties. Um, and then they decide to win, help each other win their exes back. Um, and it's kind of like... A little bit sociopathic the stuff that they do because they're like really manipulating um scott eastwood and gina rodriguez's character and also like their new significant others because like they get dumped because like they get left for like other people that's basically like the premise of what happens yeah if you really think about it it is kind of like problematic in their behavior but i thought it was really cute <laughs> um it's actually funny. So, like, uh, you just said uh, there haven't been, like, really good rom-coms. I feel like the opposite. It's just that the rom-coms just disappear like wet cake as soon as you watch them. Yeah. Um, which is such a different thing than it used to be um, where they were in the box office and you went and saw them, like, nine times. But, like, um, specifically I was thinking about it because Gina Rodriguez – was in uh someone great i did um which is like which is like the anti-rom-com but i thought it was funny that both her um rom-com roles are like about breakups and also like you know um like the depression post that and then the other one um was set it up um which also was in netflix 
it's interesting because this is an Amazon movie, but I feel like Netflix is the one who kind of has owned the rom-com world for a while. Um, and then also Marry Me is about to come out, which is um, Peacock. So it's interesting to see like all these movies kind of like do the same um, genre of like kind of mixing up the rom-com world um, and that other studios are now doing it. Um, but yeah, I really, I grew up on rom-coms. Uh, my mom and I like used to watch things like Two Weeks Notice all the time. Basically any of like the Sandra Bullock ones were like meant for <laughs> us. Uh, when you were sleeping, while you were sleeping, sorry. Um, any of those kind of like the Sandra Bullocky kind of like cutesy, uh, even stuff like, you know, Miss Congeniality, which is a rom-com, even though it has like extra parts to it. But um, th these feel like that, like the next continuation. Um, but what I really liked about this movie is there's no villains. There's no character that you're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, that person sucks. It's just like people existing and then kind of like hitting each other in weird ways and like, you know, causing their own problems. I also love that there's like strong results to this. Like I was basically calling it like rom-com strangers on a train um, where like, you know, these two people infiltrate each other's lives and like the outcomes of all that. But like it, it doesn't it's not rom-commy because it's like they're. <laughs> There's like serious, you know, uh, repercussions for what they do in terms of everyone involves lives. And you never really see that in those movies. You usually see the characters like, oh, no, everything's fine. And, you know, we're all we're all fine at the end of this movie. But um, it's a little like it, there's some deepness to it, which I really enjoyed. Um, also, it's just very fucking funny. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott Eastwood did not know he was a comedic actor. He's great. Um, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate are fantastic as always, but even like secondary characters, um, that just like pop up for the couple scenes, some of the like, um, people that the exes are dating, um, are like really funny and have some great moments. I was writing Alina like line after line of things that I just thought were so fucking funny. Um, they're all spoilers, so I'm going to leave it out because this is a pre movie, but like the movie's funny. It's well-written. Um, I do think it will have a really good shelf life and become like something that people watch. But Carson, what do you think? Yeah, I was really impressed by this. Originally, I wasn't going to watch this personally. We weren't going to watch it for the podcast. But then I watched it and was like really impressed. There's a maturity to this. As you mentioned, there's results. There's like deaths. I like that it's not, you know, such a cliched good guy, bad guy story. Like there's layers here that I found interesting that I like that I could relate to in some ways. But then also I found out that this is the same guy who directed Big Time Adolescence, which is a film I really enjoyed. So like it adds up um, in the conversation of like what happened to the rom-com genre. I think there's some really great additions in here. And like you mentioned, they just disappear. There's also so much just like bland bullshit. And seeing this as an Amazon original, like no offense, Amazon, we love those screeners, but like you put out Cinderella, you know, like we're not actually expecting <laughs> masterpieces here on Prime Video. But like, this is one that I really appreciated I really hope people check out because I think this has the ability to kind of become one of those like film Twitter favorites that people just talk about throughout the year as being one of like the hidden gems of the year. Um, I expected nothing and I really, really enjoy this. I hope people check this out. 
Yeah, um, it's definitely. I uh, Alina and I talked about this, and because this is a pre-release, um, you know, review, I don't want to talk about spoilers. The only thing is, I do find the last act to be a little um, written. Like you can feel like the, uh, you know, screenwriters like fingerprints on it as they try to get to the final ending. But it's a minor thing. Um, and I think like it might be one of those things with repeat viewings, knowing what happens, you might be a little more like, OK, I know what's happening. I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I, I felt that way a little bit also- about the middle, because mm-hmm. when Charlie Day is becoming friends with the ex, but stills completely like, oh, this relationship isn't going to last when he sees this really healthy relationship. I was like, well, I feel like he'd be a little bit more empathetic towards that character. But- I, I have one question, Carson, um, and Alina and I already talked about this. Did you think for like a hot second at the beginning that Scott Eastwood was going to think Charlie Day was gay. (laughs) Like I feel like it was like left over from like an original screenplay because there's like one line where he goes, is this your gal pal? And he looks at him and I was like, what was that? Like, (laughs) what was that whole moment? Um, And when you watch it guys, uh, See if you get the same feeling. I'm really curious because, like, I guess all three of us all were like, oh, that's where this is going. I was expecting, like, and I'll tell you, actually, I was expecting, like, a Scott Eastwood, like, coming out moment and all this stuff. But um, I knew it wasn't coming when they introduced that kid with the two gay dads. I was like, there's no way they're going to have this many queers in one movie. (laughs) Once again, Prime Video after Cinderella. Cinderella did this to us also. They have gay characters and they just don't know they're gay. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I guess that's just an Amazon Prime, uh, an Amazon Prime original. <laughs> Closet cases. Um, <laughs> they have it as like one of their like recommended for you movies about closets. Um, Scott Eastwood's new girlfriend. Um, I don't know the actress's actual name off the top of my head, but she plays Rosie in Letterkenny, and she's fantastic in Letterkenny. So I kind of wish that she had gotten like a little bit more to do within this movie but i don't know i feel like this one was like really scott eastwood's movie to shine like i just was like i like charlie day i like jenny slate but like i know they're funny but like i was just not expecting scott eastwood to be this funny i don't think he like really does movies like this often i feel like he's more known for like being clint eastwood's son and doing like actiony stuff but i feel like he should do stuff like this he kind of reminds me of channing tatum I was about, I literally was about to reference Channing Tatum um, Mm -hmm. with this uh, pretty privileged thing Um, (laughs) in that it's the, uh, it's the opposite though. Um, You read a lot of interviews with these guys who are like just straight up hot. um, And they're always like, I'm actually funny, but they won't allow me to be funny. And it's literally my curse. Um, I remember when I was like 12, I read an interview with Channing Tatum where he was like, um, I really like getting fat between roles and I just really hope for one day that I can just keep that on and then just be funny instead of like having to be the hot guy. That's like my dream. <laughs> I love and it that was for like, him. Yeah. And it, it's so funny because like years and years and years later, he still hasn't been able to like just be a comedic actor. He, Which is sad because in- the Jump Street movies are so good. Yeah. Well, in this, he, Scott Eastwood was really funny in this. And he, like, knew when to be funny and knew when to, like, actually be serious, which is hard for, like, a comedy role. 
Um, you could have easily made this character who's like a fitness junkie to be a cliche, but I felt like he was a real person who just has interests, you know, mm-hmm. like um, that's really hard for, you know, those kind of movies. Yeah, no, I I, I love this. It was so much fun. Yeah, definitely. I'll go, I'll go a step further. I think Scott Eastwood, like I've hated him in most movies. I didn't like think I liked Scott Eastwood as an actor, like in general. And like this movie made me like him. I think this is the first performance I like of Scott Eastwood. So yeah, do more comedies because it's I quite frankly, I think the only good place you act. So I mean, no offense. But. I liked him in Wrath of Man, actually. I thought he was fine. I still haven't uh, seen that one. Really? I know I did, Alina, but that's I also don't feel like I did. I liked him in that one Taylor Swift music video. <laughs> Quality. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to watch I Want You Back, you can check out on Amazon this weekend. But if you want to watch a movie now, you can head to the theaters and watch a movie like Moonfall. Paul, you're more of a fan of Moonfall than I am. And Alina couldn't see this because for some reason canada just said no to moonfall which is very strange it wasn't so, canada to be clear it was the studio thinking that our theaters were not going to reopen in time so we they just got like skipped but then the theaters did reopen so they fucked themselves and you know what i'm not mad because i got to see jackass instead and i feel like i got the win anyway you guys can talk about moonfall <laughs> i would agree with that statement lena but i think paul disagrees so paul you can introduce <laughs> moonfall um so the thing about Moonfall is you have to know that most of my friends are reviewers who get to go see movies early, and I am a reviewer who does not currently get to see movies early. So over the past week, I've been getting like um, very different reactions to Moonfall. Half the people were like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen, and the other people were like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And so like... I knew that uh, <laughs> I was probably going to sit in the uh, ladder camp of just like, I know what I'm in for. This is dumb as hell. Let's go for it. And I could not tell you how dumb this movie is. So basically the plot is the moon falls. And <laughs> so um, th- it basically, I was thinking of it like an apple getting a worm inside it. Um and the worm eats people that come by. Um, but it's also the worm is maybe nanotech. It's very confusing. It is very stupid. Um, but what I love about this movie is I don't know if it knows how stupid it is. And I, I talked about this on my letterbox and I had someone react very interestingly. But um, I have a very strong belief on what is camp and what is a bad movie. Um, camp to me is when someone does something so like um, full of belief that it is a good thing and it hits wrong. It is bad. That makes it camp comedy. Um, and so like I'm watching this movie and almost every note in it is wrong. Like there are performances that are just embarrassing there's line readings that don't really make sense. Everyone wants to go to Colorado for no apparent reason. Um, that is where the world will be saved. And like, it's not even a spoiler. Colorado does not get saved. <laughs> like, but every character, they don't even know each other. And they're all like, we're going to Colorado. 
Um, and they're going to different areas of Colorado. It's not just like there's one aspect of Colorado. As the moon is falling, let's be clear, they're also road tripping for like, well, definitely like a day trip to Colorado. They definitely don't have time as the moon is falling to Earth. Yeah. Characters like show up for like a scene or two. Um, There's a cat named Fuzz Aldrin um, who pees. And it's a major plot point in the movie where he pees. (laughs) Like the amount of things in this movie, um, you know, where they like introduce something and you can just tell it's like a first draft um also it's a chinese co-pro and you can feel it and that's one of my favorite things is when like cultures clash and there's like rewrites and things that are like wait you guys didn't like think through what this was going to be there's so many moments where you're like this character is important oh no they don't matter there's major like medium characters uh who are given whole arcs and then die in the background of a scene to where my friends didn't even know that they died. I had to tell them later. I was like, no, they they blew up. They were in the background. <laughs> um, it, so much is so dumb and so funny. And I think that like it's I have done this so many times with movies that are so bad they're good that I feel like I just know when one's happening the first time that it's so bad it's good. Um, cause you know, I grew up on mystery science theater. I like, you know, I have this like, oh yeah, no, this is, so I think like a lot of people are like, this is terrible and it is, it is so bad, but is it fun? Yes. Do I think you could sit around a little drunk with a bunch of friends and like lose your shit at moonfall? Yes. Um, and you know what? That's why it's a great movie. <laughs> like it's not it, what it's intended to be, which is like, you know, the next Armageddon or whatever. It is not. But what it is, is a good time. <laughs> Absolutely not. See, I that's what I walked in wanting. Because I love bad movies. Uh, Cats is one of my favorite films. Uh, there's no genre I like better than the Netflix original teen drama section. Because they're all fucking horrible. But they're fun. Number one, this film is two hours. Number two, it takes itself so seriously. Like, for the beginning portion, as you get, like, the cat and stuff, that is fun. But then you get to this really stale, really stale, I mean, so stale plot that is so boring. And like not it's badly built, but not in a fun way. Like it's not a fun you can laugh at because you're just waiting for shit to happen. You have these random like fast and furious gun battles you have. And sorry for minor spoilers, but I feel like we kind of need to get into spoilers with this one for some reason. You have like it turns into Avengers for the space race. Like you get all these references where you're supposed to be like, (laughs) holy shit, they're pulling out the original Apollo costumes. And you're like, why? I don't care about the Apollo. But like they play the music and they're walking out in these or the original spacecraft. They're like flying in and you're supposed to be like, holy shit, they're doing it. And it's like, what is going on? You have the 9-11 where they do a reverse 9-11 where every building in New York City gets destroyed except the World Trade Center, which I was like, that's great. That's (laughs) iconic you have then it turns at the end into like a matrix style like sequence which was i was like what the fuck and i was like this is amazing at that point i was like that scene because the entire rest of the time i'm bored the performances are bad but not in a fun way you definitely need like the rock here or you definitely need someone with some charisma look i love my boy in the conjuring but patrick wilson is just fucking bad in this Okay, so my favorite part about this movie is uh, I will also say (laughs) I did watch it and I was like, hmm, two boys, one with glasses and a girl. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's us. 
I was like, look, there's the alcoholic, the nerd, and the girl who's just like trying to do her best. <laughs> Basically, it was Clappercast goes to space. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And yes, are you the guy from Game of Thrones? Sure. <laughs> are you the guy that's the comedic uh, failure in the entire movie? Fine. But <laughs> and me, my group of freaks was like me and the rest of the editorial board from Clapper. The high guy that we have to leave. We're like, I'm sorry. Fine, Whatever Nick. you're saying is not interesting. We're going to a different room. <laughs> Alina gets to be Halle Berry, though. So really, she wins. Who is trying her hardest? I'll say that Halle Berry is trying so hard for this film. But then, okay. So then we go to space, and the moon is not the moon. And then it turns into the Matrix. And then you get this flashback about, like, humanity and AI, and, like, it's crazy with all these plot twists, but ultimately they really mean nothing narratively. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, not in a fun way. I wanted to laugh with this film so oh. badly, but I just couldn't for two hours. See, Which, also, I thought it was two hours, 30 minutes watching it. I was genuinely like, holy shit, well, I did not know this Well, you went alone, right? No, I brought my friend. Oh, that's wild. And I was in a packed theater. And the entire theater, to be clear, when I saw Jackass Forever, it was a packed sc uh, screening with people. And they loved every second of it. They were laughing. My Moonfall audience sat in silence. Literally silence. And half of them left mid-movie. Which that's... was not the reaction I thought I was going to get. Yeah, that's wild, actually. Because um, So our theater was pretty empty. We went at like 10.15 on Thursday. But my friend and I just start like... Uh, Chris, friend of the podcast, um, just start like talking to each other, like whispering things. And like by the end, we're whispering at such a rapid rate that I'm sure our voices were very loud and everyone heard us. But there's so much dumb to talk about in this movie. Um, even like, you know, I don't want to get into the ending, but there's an ending that like sets up a sequel. And I was like, you watch this movie and we're like, we should cut this scene. <laughs> um it's like the movie is clearly set up to be like a huge, like important trilogy. Um, and it's not, it's terrible. And I'm very sad that there won't be more, um, you know, I actually referencing, um, something in modern culture. I don't know if you guys have watched the new show, uh, sex in the city, uh, reboot, which I think no. is called, uh, and just like that, I have not watched it, but Twitter is telling me all about it. I feel like I'm watching it. Um, but one of the things that someone posted was, um, and just like that is the worst TV show I've ever seen. I would watch it every day. If a new episode released um, regularly, um, it doesn't deserve to exist. I want 17 more seasons. I hate it every moment. It deserves all the Emmys. And that's kind me of how with I felt Emily in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's me with Moonfall. I was like, it's so bad. I would watch seven of them. Like, <laughs> I, like, and like, I know it's bad. I know it's so bad, but there are so many moments. Lexus decided to like uh, pay to have their car in it. So there's long periods where like the world's ending and they're like, it's so great that we're in this Lexus. <laughs> yeah. And they're shooting like... That's it. If it was just these beautiful shots of this gigantic moon rising like a villain over the mountains, like that would be great. But then you just go to them driving around in like a snowstorm and a Lexus shooting people who also the villains in this film, like 
I felt bad for because they just want to live. They're like trying to get these oxygen tanks and tanks and it's portrayed like, look at these evil, disgusting, dirty people. But like if they don't get the oxygen tanks, they die. So like, I don't know. We also have to talk about villain Donald Sutherland with a Glock, (laughs) with a fucking Glock on his desk in a wheelchair. He pulls out with his wheelchair and he just loads his gun. That's your first shot of him. It's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like Donald Sutherland's in this movie and you're like oh no he's not <laughs> he's literally in like half a scene <laughs> um it's so good like Michael Pena just being like a good stepfather and everyone in the movie is like this piece of shit <laughs> who also they fucking have a scene <laughs> full of spoilers he like loses breath and he like wa- they're like oh we're gonna go and rescue just him talking <laughs> But then they go to rescue him and they like get into a little bit of trouble and then they're like, fuck him. And they just turn around and everyone gets back. They get back to the shelter and everyone's like, yay, you survived. And like this man who's their husband slash father is dead out there still. And they're just like celebrating like, yay, you guys came back. It's so good. It's so good. I am right. I History will prove me right on Moonfall. There is a you... nine, no, there's a 91 minute cut of this film. That is five out of five. I'm not denying that, but there's just that extra 29 minutes. And if someone see, wants to re-edit it, I will be there for it. See, Don't but worry. I feel like, I feel like that's in cats, like when, uh, fucking, you know, uh, oh my God, what is his name? Um, cut this part. Um, can't have you looking embarrassing for old man. knowledge. Old Deuteronomy? No. Um, Gus the Theater Cat? <laughs> yes. I know his name's Gus the Theater Cat, but I was trying to think of the actor's name. It's that fucking bitch. Ian McKellen. Just, motherfucker was like, I, before I go, I want to be in a musical. You were in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I almost like, I really hate him. Well, I don't hate him. But that tweet, when it sent, I was mad. I was like, fuck you. You were in Cats. Stand by. You can't gaslight the world. And he also like does like an Oscar winning performance. But yeah. So um, it kind of feels like that sequence. Um, there is some parts where I was like, this is boring. But also, it's also, like, okay, so, like, one of the things, and this isn't a spoiler, but, like, um, the creature, the the monster, um, can see electronics, and they have the full computer just on in the um, spaceship, and one guy has a phone, and they're like, your phone's causing it, and they destroy the phone, and the monster forgets, and I'm like... There's so many goddamn lights on around you guys. Like, but it was the phone. The phone was the problem. <laughs> no, so good. Um, truly, like, it is one that like I will probably buy on 4K UHD. Like, and when my friends get, you know, back from the bars, I'm like, we're watching Moonfall. <laughs> Look, now um, that I'm 21, I'd be open to rewatch. Yeah, I'll say that. Uh, it's, it's, Moonfall drinking game. Um also, it was just really funny um, to see, like, everyone hating on it because, uh, you know, talking about, like, malignant, that's how I felt. And I, I feel like I'm just on a different wavelength than film Twitter because when they hate a movie, I'm like, this was fun. When they love a movie, I'm like, that was so fucking boring, guys. And, like, we're talking about the same things, but I just feel like I'm not seeing what they're seeing and they're not seeing what I'm seeing. It's so interesting. Um, 
And now I've like kind of gotten over like feeling like butthurt about it and more just like, okay. <laughs> but like everyone's like, this is so bad and boring. And I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be. Yeah, our- they give Malignant five stars. And then, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Tweet, like it's on HBO Max. Everyone do a rewatch. Shut yeah. Up. And that's the same. Okay. So like you want to talk about like a movie that's like got boring swaths. It's that movie. Everyone's like the beginning's great and the end's great. But like the middle is terrible. I'm like, yes. But like that's a lot to deal with. Like with Moonfall, we're talking about like two or three scenes that are like, mm, that's a little slow. But it's also where it's probably the most competent, <laughs> which is probably the the fault of it. But um, yeah. Ah. Oh. I loved it. Okay. I don't think we can talk about Moonfall anymore, quite frankly. Um, oh, I could talk for the rest of the podcast. No, that's what I'm afraid of, actually. I feel like we've gone very long on Moonfall for it being Moonfall. Um, so why don't we go over to Jackass Forever, our other major release this week. Um, I will start us off as someone who quite literally grew up with Jackass. Um, a little bit younger than everyone. So like, I feel like I was exposed to it at a younger age than most people because my older sister loves Jackass. So I really grew up with this franchise. I love Jackass Forever. I think it's the best Jackass film yet, to be honest. I think it's the most con- or like uh, consistent when it comes to comedy. I think you have like this genuine emotion I got with like, obviously these people are getting older. They're not going to be able to hit, be hit by bulls for that much longer, right? So like you get the sense that it's really an end of an era. And I just really had fun with it. It's not like deep. You know, if you like hate the other Jackass films, you're going to hate this. But for fans of Jackass, I think this was like genuinely quite perfect. Um, Alina, I know you're also a big Jackass fan. So why don't you take it away? I agree with you, Carson, wholeheartedly. Um, This is like one of the most fun times I've had in the theater um, over the past year because I often go to the movies by myself and things are usually bleak and sad because I'm alone because I have no friends in real life. Um, But like this, um, I wasn't like my theater wasn't packed because I saw it on like a Saturday afternoon at like three o'clock. But like everybody was like laughing and having a good time. And it was like one of the few times over like covid movie screenings that i felt like camaraderie in a screening like everybody was just having a good time um yeah i also really like jackass i remember i would like come home from school and turn on like i don't know whatever the channel we have in canada we don't have mtv i think we have much music and it jackass would be on there like at three o'clock when i got home from the school like when i got off the school bus i don't know why they were playing jackass at 3 p.m on a thursday afternoon but like that's how i discovered this nonsense um so i really liked it i like all the guys i really love johnny knoxville i like steve-o i love pontius um and i've seen all of them all the movies including like the point fives um yeah so i was really looking forward to this i had fun but like are we surprised i feel like if kirsten's right if you are like a fan of like jackass you're gonna have fun with this but if it's not something that you've like seen before or like i don't know it like you have to have a certain sense of humor to enjoy this type of physical comedy um, and also, I don't, Paul's disappeared, but like, I don't understand why he doesn't like it because I saw a tweet recently that said, Jackass is just a continuation of Buster Keaton and they are so right. Right? That's true. So like, how does Paul not like Jackass? I think it's amazing. It is peak physical comedy. I had fun. Paul's boring. 
Look, you before we let our resident before we let our resident jackass speak on Jackass Forever, because he actually <laughs> did see it. I'll say two things. First off, go see this in a theater. I agree with Alina. This is like the best time I've had in a theater. Can't remember the last time I had this much fun. And specifically because of the crowd. We're like, mm-hmm. I can't go to Marvel movies because like everyone screams. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like this was one where I was like, yeah, scream, laugh, cheer. I'll be like, oh no, oh my god, he's gonna get hit in the balls. It's great. Number two. Johnny Knoxville aging like a fine fucking wine. All Johnny Knoxville with silver hair. Good God. Oh my God. Gorgeous. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> well, Paul, I know you saw Jackass forever. I don't know why you saw it, but you did. What were your thoughts? So I'm a little different from you guys. Um, I, as a kid, couldn't even handle like America's Funniest Home Videos. Um, because like... And I've read some people have this too, but it's like a synesthesia um, where if someone gets hurt, I also feel hurt. So I was um, a little uninterested in this movie. And when I say a little uninterested, I was not going to this. So I went and saw Sundown with a friend last night. And afterwards, he's like, I'm going to jackass. Do you want to come? And I was like, I have no excuse not to. Literally none. (laughs) It's free. I'm here. And so I wrote you guys. I was like, okay, tell me what's bad. Tell me what I should look out for. And you guys told me. And I like hyped myself up for it to be the worst experience of my life. A little backstory with me. I have thrown up in five different movies. Um, Minimum. Like, I can think of five. Um, Those uh, movies are Black Swan, 127 Hours. Um, One of the Saw... Southbound. Um, This movie... It's a foreign movie. It's Turkish. Carson, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, It starts with a B. Not off that description. (laughs) Uh, it's B-A, uh, let me look. It's like Turkish and it's about cops. I saw it at AFI Fest. Turkish cop or... What year did you see it? Uh, Baskin. Oh, no idea. Uh, Baskin threw up in that. And then one of those, like, uh, like maybe like House of Wax, I think. One of those. Um, so yeah, like, (laughs) a lot of times. So I was ready. Um, to the point that I ordered a ginger ale and then I drank it quickly so that I would have somewhere to throw up in. I looked at where all the trash cans were. Um, I was so overprepared to vomit in this movie. Oh, also, I put in my headphones. I didn't play any music, but it like buffered the sound. I was like, OK, we're good. We're good. Let's do this. Bitch, this was boring. <laughs> I think you overhyped like, yourself up way too much. Well, no, like I told you, I was like, you're not going to find it that gross, but you're not going to like it. Well, I and like I I think I gave it like I gave it a three star on Rotten Tomatoes or uh, not Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Letterboxd, Um, because I I think it was like fine. It was just boring to me. Like I and we're about to talk about something else where I just um, feel nothing. Um, I'm not like (laughs) (laughs) I'm not annoyed, but I'm just like. I don't get it. Um, what what I do feel um, 
is you guys have seen Fight Club, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I imagine that Jackass is what happens to Project Mayhem after Tyler Durden's arrested. They're like, what else do we do? We can't just keep hitting each other. And it just like keeps building out. And then they do Jackass. And that's what happens. Um, it's just like it's uh, almost like this cultish thing of like, let's hurt each other, but in weird ways. Now. No, but then it's wholesome because they're like a family, you know? Yeah. Okay. None of their pranks are like mean because everyone is in on the joke. I think the bear might have been a little mean. The bear was a little mean, but for the most part, everybody is like on board with the nonsense. So that's why it feels joyous, joyous and wholesome. I just want to also point out though, let's read some quotes in all capital letters. And I quote, that was the most boring thing I've ever seen. I wanted to die every second. I fell asleep at one point. Oh, I did fall asleep. Um, I fell asleep. Did you fall asleep? Um, I felt actually during the bear because I knew that he wasn't going to get eaten. So I was just like, <sighs> like, cause he was so scared and I was like, nothing's happening to you because you're still alive. Um, I, it, it's interesting though. Um, not knowing like the backstory of all these characters and all that stuff. I actually liked the new people a little bit more. I found them to like actually fucking care about like being in danger um, nothing against the other people. I liked them all, but like there was something about like, um, the poopsy guy, which I hated his fucking name or the, the new I thought girl. I loved him. I thought he was so endearing. His oh, I, I do too. Though. But I, when he I, get bite, oh my God. I loved when he got bit by the rattlesnake. <laughs> um, well, I loved when they were doing like that ball thing. And that's actually what I was talking about. Um, was that the two, like, you know, legacy guys were like, yeah, whatever. And, like, you know, there's this new guy there who's like, this is stupid. What am I doing? And, like, it does definitely feel like maybe I shouldn't do this with my life and then do it anyway and keep coming back. That's really fun to me. The people who are like, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years and, like, it's a lot of money. Like, it's just like, it just kind of feels sad to me at some points Um, as someone who hasn't like grown up with them. And like, you know, we don't have a camaraderie because I would have been 10 when these started. Um, So I could have like, you know, grown and learned with them. But yeah, it's just like these old guys just like clearly upset. I didn't love that Johnny Knoxville only did one skit and it's a skit that almost killed him. Like, (laughs) it's just like. Why wouldn't you do one of the fun ones? Like these little like stupid Knoxville things. Knoxville is the leader and he always does the bull stuff. Didn't you see the teeter totter one? This is why you should watch the other ones. Fuck. I no, like I, but the, I'm saying like overall, like I just wanted to see some more. Um, I hated the um, although I will say uh, <laughs> like in the 2023 Oscars, if it got best makeup, I would be like down for it. I hated the entire um, penis Godzilla thing. I thought it was so stupid, but I was like very impressed with the work that they did. Like I looked and I was like, no, that looks like a creature that I would believe. Um, But uh, mainly when like the Gamera snapping turtle showed up, I was like, you kind of like killed the joke. It's funny. But now it's like now we're back to like, I guess what you what people enjoy. But I was just like, uh, okay. Like now he's just in pain and it's sad. Uh, 
But that's what Pops uh, but, does. He always does, like you don't get it because like it's them but doing that's, like that's, stuff from before, but like elevating it. So you didn't see all the other stuff that Pontius did with his dick, and that's. But I think that that's. You suck. Speaking well, of dicks, did you know they could flatten like that? I had no idea. Oh, yeah, the ping pong part. I oh, was like, what? I was, I was cackling at the ping pong bit because clearly they had a whole idea, and it did not work on the day, which is so funny to me because it means that they like concepted it out without trying it. Um, and so they're like sitting there, and they're like, they cut away right after like it's flattened, and then like show it in the uh, post credits. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you guys definitely thought this was going to be a funny shtick. Um, but yeah, no, I did not know that either. I also expected it to like do more. Um, I thought I thought what it was going to be is like, uh, honestly, what I thought was going to happen. They were going to inject that like shot that makes sure like your dick erect. And I thought they were going to play ping pong with it back and forth. And I was, like, very excited about it. I was like, this is, like, fucked and weird. And, like, like, yeah, let's do this. And then it just cut away. I think that's overall, like, I was, like, I was ready for more. Like, dumped pig semen all over you. Yeah, okay. But also that man was in a tuxedo. He knew what was happening. He knew something was going to happen. Like, I just wanted, like, a little bit more of just, like, when they were caught off guard. Uh, Actually, you know what my favorite part of this whole movie was? When the celebrities would be, like, fucked around with um like when eric andre got punched in the face with that thing i was like yeah that's the shit that i'm looking for is like um you know people feeling comfortable in one moment um it the toilet exploding was fun that kind of stuff that's like oh uh, the stunts um i did like the blackout stunt too i don't like that they kept making fun of the fat guy but you know other than that i really enjoyed it um i thought it was all really funny um because they were never in harm, but they sure thought it. That's great. I was dying when they took them to the other room in the, like, Silence of the Lambs one. And it was, like, filled with fucking mousetraps <laughs> and frying pans. And they always just knocked And I like how they just the climb. It was so good. That was good. <laughs> and then the like, guy just, like, climbs onto the mousetraps. Like, oh, that was the best way to get out. <laughs> um, I, also, I also love that... Um, I researched all these people after, um, but I love that they didn't really get that injured except for Knoxville in this one. But then they did this like um, shark week after this and the fucking poopsy guy like lost his hand. <laughs> they like had to rebuild it. And they I looked at a picture of it. and I was like, oh, fuck. So it's like very funny to like be like, you know, this is the movie. This is where, like, oh, the shit gets real. And then they did the stupid Shark Week special, and that's where, like, a guy lost a hand. It will be interesting to see uh, what happens in 4.5, which is coming to Netflix later this week, this year, apparently. Uh, fun fact about me is I actually bought a ticket to Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, and my reasoning for that was if I got too uncomfortable, I was just going to go <laughs> leave and watch Spider-Man because I wanted to, like, hang out with my friends after. But uh, I stuck it through. I made it. I was very proud of myself. We're yeah, all very I'm proud of you, Paul. You didn't puke. I feel like that's a win. I okay. Like the only part that made my stomach churn a little bit was when the pig semen. Not even the dumping was when they did the slow mo and it went under the guy's tongue. And it wasn't that it was like particularly gross. 
it was just he was grossed out, and that made me grossed out. Like he didn't throw up or vomit in earlier Jackass. I think it's in three. I can't remember though, where they put Steve O in like the porta potty and it's like connected to like a bungee thing. So like the porta potty goes up with Steve O in it and then all the shit comes out and it's dog poop. And he had like goggles and like earplugs and nose plugs, but he screamed. So he got dog shit in his mouth. (laughs) See, I don't like the shit stuff. I'm happy like it was limited on that because like that's the one thing I'm like, no. Oh, good. Also, you were right, Alina. There is no way that was real poop uh, in yeah. the opening scene. Like when I looked, and I was also, like, that's you're fake. not allowed to have real poop because it's an OSHA violation. I learned that when I was watching Jackass interviews this morning. That's why they used dog poop in the porta potty one. Fun fact. I'm sure Peta was not a fan of that. Peta does not seem to be very big fans of Jackass overall. Yeah, honestly, I've always kind of had an issue with their, like, animal ones. I feel like even if the animals aren't injured, they probably do traumatize them. But also, I hate tarantulas, so, I like, whatever. Oh, I oh. hated that. I closed my eyes. Oh, so, you know what's funny about that one? Um, that was, like, the one where I was like, this feels more like Fear Factor than Jackass. Um, not just because of that, but also because that man was going to crush that spider with his entire head. And that's some like fear factor shit. That's some Joe Rogan <laughs> like <laughs> nonsense. Uh, like when they were like, fuck, stop, stop. Everything's fine. I was like, oh, he was about to crush it. <laughs> he was going to like bash it. And they're like, well, we can't use that scene now. And it definitely would have ended up in the news. Jackass kills spider. Uh, Alina, I was curious. What are your, so you mentioned that you want to talk about the hot jackass people. Oh, yeah. I saw somebody tweet this morning that they overheard two girls in the bathroom after watching Jackass Forever, and they were talking about which one of the jackass members you would fuck. And the one girl replied, Knoxville, obviously. And, like, she's right. But I was wondering what you guys thought. Because I would fuck Knoxville, Steve-O, and Pontius, preferably at the same time. In some sort of skit. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in some sort of, you know, uh, matter, <laughs> fecal <laughs> or other. Yeah, I mean, I think Knoxville's probably the only one I think is like, quote unquote, hot. I would definitely fuck Steve, though. But I think that may, might be it for me. I, I don't think a lot of them, no offense, are that attractive. I'm wow. really surprised that neither of you said poopies. Because... <laughs> I do like him. But I haven't seen enough of him to get, like, attached to him yet. But he, once again, he did look really hot when he got bit by a rattlesnake. When he was dressed up as a mime, I was into it. He also, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there he is something charming. about them. And, yeah, but there's also something in general that you're like, uh, you know, I do like that, you know, I feel like you could pretty much suggest anything in bed and they'd be like sure whatever (laughs) (laughs) like it's borderline prostitution where you're like these are my kinks and they're like yeah whatever sure i've done so much worse on live television i Um, just kind of feel like i wouldn't fuck him because his name is poopies also i checked yeah he's not poopsy (laughs) i thought it was poopsy for so long also i I think they call i know but i think they call him poopsy like, I think they, like, fuck it up a couple times. Because when they first introduced him, I was like, they definitely just said poopsies. Um, mm-hmm. Which I'm sure it's just because he's the new guy. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, it is sad. Like, uh, also that poor Rachel girl. 
Um, I definitely feel like she like regrets doing that. <laughs> like I was like watching it. I was like, when she's sitting there, she's just like, Mm-mm. every single skit they had her in, it was just like, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to use this to make my own movie. <laughs> Which definitely is the plan. There's definitely gonna be like a jackass show or something just with the new people. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna be less of a no. fan of, but no, I think also apparently I think she's ra- a stand-up comedian, like from before. That makes sense. Yeah, so that's probably why she got like involved in it. She took um, like that licking the battery or taser or whatever like a champ, though. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Um, I feel like they didn't know how to. Um, utilize the new cast members that well because i think that they should have put them through the ringer a little bit more uh, i think I it's did, because I did. they don't know how the new people are gonna react because i feel like over 20 years you know how steve-o is gonna react to like a porta potty joke you know how um dave is gonna react to getting like shit poured on him but like with the new people i feel like they just haven't had enough time to like test them yet so maybe that'll yeah. change if they do like a jackass five I assume that the Jackass 5 will be like the older people not doing anything except getting like one or two pranks, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like gross pranks, not like physical pranks. And then the new people just getting really torn up. (laughs) Um, So what was your favorite one? I liked the cup test. I, um, I did not like the cup test because I knew that his testicle got burst beforehand, so... I was in constant pain knowing that that was coming. I thought it was um, funny because I liked the hockey bit the most because it was just really funny to see P.K. Subin um, slap shot some guy in the dick. Um, and I also really liked the B1 with Steve-O. That was really funny just because of how much he was oh. screaming. Oh, I like we- the snake one. I-, I agree with the cup test. I like it when they brought in the outside people. I think that's always the best in Jackass. And they've done like boxing before and shit where like you just have other people come in and then just beat the shit out of these people. And like, well, that's fun. It is interesting. Um, I-, I will do this transition, Carson, um, because I watched Jackass, got home, was a little tipsy, immediately went into watching um, Alina's wrestling choices and it was <laughs> so wild because i was like is this just what like a whole aspect of the world is that i just have been ignoring or like you know too refined for um and it turns out yes it is <laughs> yeah i feel like there is a strong correlation between people who enjoy professional wrestling and people who enjoy jackass and speaking of jackass and professional wrestling, guess who made a special appearance in this year's Royal Rumble? I got a text saying, Carson, turn on Peacock right now. Johnny Knoxville's in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, I knew he was going to be there, but it was really fun. Um, I was, like, doing a little bit more research, like, before and like a couple weeks before the Rumble, he was on, like, Johnny Knoxville was on SmackDown. Um, and Sami Zayn was like, you can't be in the Royal Rumble. You don't have any technical wrestling skills and you have to like prove yourself. Um, and then like later on in the night, um, Sami Zayn was like in the ring um, and he was like distracted. And then Johnny Knoxville comes like running out and he tips him like over the top rope, which is like 
how you get eliminated in a Royal Rumble. So then after that, they let Knoxville appear in the Rumble. And he came out as, uh, I think, number 12. And he came with one of the new guys and then Preston and Wee Man. And he was dressed in, like, a little superhero outfit with, like, a crown. It was iconic. Um, And he just, like, zipped in there and threw some stiff elbows um and it took like four guys to eliminate him he got he took a frog splash um and a boot to the face and he got eliminated which is sad for me also sad for wwe that johnny knoxville got like the biggest pop of the night when like the rest of their their actual locker room got like no reactions because honestly other than knoxville this rumble sucked dicks Anyway, I'm rambling a lot, but the main point of this tangent is I would like to see Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania, and I think it's going to happen because he's been mad talking shit, Sami Zayn, in all the interviews I watched this morning. And Sami Zayn was at the premiere. Before you move on, Mm -hmm. Paul, do you have any opinions on this year's Royal Rumble you'd like to share? What do you think about the winner? Um, (laughs) As someone, um, I'm non-denominational on wrestlers. I support all, though, um, and I'm very happy with your uh, religion or whatever it's considered. <laughs> Personally, I'm pissed off that Brock Lesnar won the Royal Rumble, but you know what? I don't book. <laughs> Did you see the pic? Did you see the video of Brock Lesnar? I think the day before, like fucking slamming he throws Wee Man through the table. The table? Yeah. <laughs> Is Brock Lesnar? A- a okay. wrestler that's yeah uh, like, brock lesnar's massive he's is. like the biggest guy in wwe like just google him right now and look at the size of that man he was in ufc um but yeah he was in wwe restaurant UFC, was not happy yeah i do think it's really smart that jackass is doing promotion with wrestling again because there is such a good crossover there Moral of the story, I would love to see Johnny Knoxville um, fight Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, and I think it's going to happen. Every interview I've watched this morning where he talks about Sami Zayn, he calls him the low-down and dirty Sami Zayn every single time. That's how he describes him, so it's going to happen. Anyway, so this is the lead-up to our Road to WrestleMania segment. I should say my. Carson and Paul had no business in this. I just forced it upon them because I love nonsense. Um, So yeah, this is the Royal Rumble episode. Um, And the movies they picked were Ready to Rumble, largely because it also had Rumble in the title, and we already did the cartoon a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Um, So this is the only Rumble option left. Um, And I also picked You Cannot Kill David Arquette because David Arquette starred in Ready to Rumble. And then I picked the 2010 Royal Rumble, because that's my personal favorite. And this WrestleMania series is about me personally. So if you're upset with the choices, I don't care because it's all stuff that I enjoy and I'm being selfish this month. So we can get into Ready to Rumble. Um, I had not seen this before. and I think it's terrible, but I enjoyed it. What did you guys think? If I could quickly just share a quote quickly, just going back to some quotes from throughout the week. Let's see if I scroll up. DePaul. Wait, is it a quote? It is a quote. Uh, let's <laughs> you see. said the word quote nine times in that little snip. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> a quote that I'm quoting right now that is a quote. <laughs> a quote that I'm quoting. If I can find it. 
<laughs> we might just have to drop this bit because I might not be able to find it. That would be really funny, actually. Wait, well, oh, look at the quote. No, but the quote from our good old friend Paul Price, and I quote, this is the worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> so ready to rumble. I like David Arquette. We didn't talk about Scream, but I'm a big David Arquette fan. Um, this movie's not great, Alina. I hate to say it. I hate to be the one to break it to you. This movie was actually That's quite fine. bad. But well. what I love about it is that I was on the Wikipedia page and this is like a movie for WCW as a wrestling company or was. And it just says like, it closed a year after. And like <laughs> watching the movie, I can see why. I get it. Right? <laughs> okay. My favorite part about this movie was the surprise Rose McGowan. And then <laughs> later on going, wait, is she flirting with her brother in a movie that is very popular? <laughs> like, it was so upsetting to me. I was like, you cast Rose McGowan in this role. There's like multiple other roles, female roles in this movie. I mean, not like a ton, but like three that you could have put her in. <laughs> and you put her in the role that's like, oh, she should like flirt with Dewey, her brother. It was so gross because um, it was funny actually watching um you cannot kill David Arquette because um, he says like, I'm only known for scream. And I was like, yes. And so is Rose McGowan. And why is it that you put those two characters, those two people years later in a movie where they're like supposed to be, you know, like flirting and shit. It's so odd. Mm -hmm. The weirdest choice Before we it, go in deeper, a movie full me... of them. Yeah. Before we go deeper, explain let me the people. plot. What yeah. plot? <laughs> <laughs> let me tell the people what this movie is fucking about. Um, so David Arquette and another guy—I can't remember his actual name. I think his name is Sean in the movie. Um, they're like dimwits, and they really like wrestling. Sure. Um, and then I don't also, think it's an and thing. I think it's a because thing. Like yeah. Also, also, did you like, just like did you just like that's rude. Throw away Scott Con. <laughs> like I Scott Con is just like there, having a full career in Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, and Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> I've only seen Ocean's Eleven, and it was years ago. So, and also the purpose of this double feature is David Arquette. So, like he's, I'm sorry to Scott Cam, but he's irrelevant to me right now. <laughs> okay, um, but basically they're two besties. They love wrestling, and they go to a WCW Nitro taping. Um, they're big fans of this wrestler, uh, who's like nicknamed the King. Um, and the King is a fictional character, but then all the other wrestlers in this movie are actual wrestlers. Um, anyway, so the King's the champion. Um, it's like heavily implied that he's like an alcoholic and not showing up to work and just being a general dick to the company, which you should not do if you're world champion and the face of the company. Um, so the general manager, I guess, of WCW, who's also a fictional character in this context, um, basically orchestrates this, like, screw job, which is based off the Montreal screw job, we'll talk about it later, um, to, like, cheat the king out of his title, and then he leaves WCW, and then... David Arquette and Scott Can are really sad because he's their favorite. Um, and then they go on this like little quest to find him, the king, and they help him 
like become a better wrestler and get like his title back and like join the WCW. And honestly, it's really dumb and silly. There is something a little bit endearing about like super fans helping their favorite wrestler, but it is very unrealistic given the climate of wrestling at the time. Um, I understand why they didn't want to like bring up WWE. Oh my god. I understand why they didn't want to bring up WWF, which was like their rival at the time. Because the whole point of this movie was to promote WCW. But if you got fired from WCW, you could just go to WWF and vice versa. So like this movie didn't need to happen. And honestly, it probably did tank Nitro. But the thing I did like about it is I enjoyed seeing the WWE the WCW wrestlers in this movie. I thought Diamond Dallas Page did a really good job and I thought Goldberg did a really good job. And honestly, I kind of wish they cast an actual wrestler as the King character. Um, I thought all of those parts were good. Um, The movie itself is not. I hadn't seen it before. (laughs) I'm sorry I picked it. (laughs) Um, So it was really funny. So I don't know, Carson, if you... Um, paid human money for this no <laughs> <laughs> paid three dollars you rent why um because <laughs> i'm a good person you want uh, 4k yeah um <laughs> going for around three dollars right now it was gorgeous um no um but i was watching it and i was like hmm no 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 I decide I am already tipsy from Jackass, but I'm going to go grab another drink. Continue to watch the movie. Um, I don't want to say much like Buster Keaton. I was the great stone face the entire time I watched this movie, but pretty close. Like, I don't think even a smile almost cracked at any point. And like, this is trying. Um, The moment where I knew I would not be giving this more than a um, half star was when they went and saw the nuns and they could not explain why the that's nuns the were only there. good scene. That's the only good scene in the entire film. No, that is I so know. funny how they were singing running with the devil with a bunch that's, of nuns. That's funny. It's so dumb. I can't. I can't. Oh, God. Uh, like, literally, my blood boiled when they started singing Running with the Devil. And they're like, oh, look, there's that one nun. And like, she doesn't come back. I thought she was going to be like, be a wrestler. No. There's also a lot of gross jokes for no reason. Or like jokes. Oh, yeah. Air quotes. Like the porta potty bit. I didn't need that. And also at the very beginning, when David Arquette is walking into the convenience store to get a slushie and his fingers in his butt. Why? There's no reason for it. Wait, 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 wait. I think I the will term t- ass juice is my least favorite cinematic term. Um, I will tell you that the one scene I was like, this is so gross. I'm impressed was when they were eating lunch. And so they're like sanitation workers um, and they're at their sanitation truck and it's dripping shit while they're just eating lunch. And it's not referenced. And I was like, you know what? That is actually so disgusting i'm impressed like i was actually like you know what good work i think it's not funny i think it's repulsive but like just (laughs) they don't like you know a um a less refined man would have referenced the dripping shit throughout that entire scene 
But, uh, you know, the director of Good Burger says, no, we'll hold back. (laughs) (laughs) Really looking at his like um, list of movies, you're like, oh, this man is a menace. Like you did Good Burger (laughs) and then you did this in Norbit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, I fucking love that the entire point of this movie is that it was supposed to be like promo for WCW because it was dying at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. why did they think this would go well? Um, but I am glad you picked this one, Alina, because um, it did make uh, the next movie we're talking about even more interesting. I think it's at least a genius double feature. But before we no, get to is. Cannot Kill David Arquette, I want to talk about like the WCW promo he did to promote Ready to Rumble. That was the most bored I've ever been. (laughs) Um, And it's no offense to Alina, but here's the thing that's interesting when you don't know wrestling. It borderline is a foreign language. Like, you were talking about people that I don't... You know what it feels like? Carson, you'll know this soon. But you go to a bar with friends, but it's like your close friend and their friends and then they talk about people you don't know and they're a little drunk so they get like a little bitchy and they're like talking about like deep cut things and you're like actually i'm sorry do you know what what wrestling reminds me of wrestling reminds me of like comic books because you have to know so much backstory and so much history to understand all the context and references that it's really difficult to just jump into it when Edge retired in 2011, I stopped watching wrestling because I was devastated. And I sometimes watch it now that he's back. I have no fucking clue what's going on. It's really difficult. So I understand Actually, you that. Know, yeah. You know what's really funny is um, a friend of the podcast, Chris Hanshu, Manning is what he goes by. But um, he uh, will send me comics and he's like, read this comic. And I'll read it. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, What's interesting, especially, is, like, people, like, change their, like, names and things. And, yeah, um, it's the same thing. And I actually, like, think it is a really astute um, explanation because, yeah, no, it's – this is fucking nonsense to me. Like, That's I have why never I'm been... trying to, like, give context and backstory to the best of my abilities. Paul, have you seen wrestling – Have you uh, shout out to our king, Max Landis. Have you seen wrestling isn't wrestling? Yeah. Paul? I haven't no, watched it in a I don't while. Need, I didn't game. even know Max. It's a Lo- little short film our King Max Landis did about like some wrestling thing, but it's We really cannot good. just have cult people be our king. No, it's a joke. <laughs> Fuck Max Landis. We hate him. But well, I don't I hate I him. I shouldn't speak for y'all. I don't like Max I Landis. Don't like it's him. a joke. I do like that short though. I think it does a really good job of like capturing what wrestling is. I think there needs to be that bad because like I don't know like it, it, he presents it as like a story narrative and you can just get it because he does really good job introducing the characters. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. watching like the Royal Rumble not jump ahead. But I'm like, who the fuck is any of these people? Yeah. And then they explained like one. But like, I don't know who like any of these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 really interesting. Um, so, yeah, to talk about the David Arquette thing. 
it was interesting because this movie like you cannot kill david arquette yeah we shouldn't it should say what film we're talking yeah about. um i thought we had moved on to that specifically um so it's a documentary about david arquette um who at one point they say you only know me as the guy from scream and i was like so true <laughs> like and it was See, weird i hadn't seen scream when this documentary first premiered at fantasia so i only knew david arquette as the guy who killed wcw that's so funny. and i had no idea who mm-hmm. david arquette was because i hadn't seen mm-hmm. scream or wcw so oh yeah. that's a weird way to watch this movie so it's really interesting to watch because the first half of this movie maybe even quarter um is like a really deep dive into like his depression and his alcoholism and you know the fact that he was hot shit for like five seconds and then this movie ruined his life is so funny like i actually love that um i think elena had said maybe watch the documentary first and uh, i was like oh no i'll just watch the movie i already rented it it's fine uh, if I had watched the documentary, that movie would have been so much weirder, not knowing that it ruins this guy's life. It was just like watching this stupid comedy. And then he's like later, like ready to rumble is the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. And um, it makes me really sad because David Arquette was like actually a wrestling fan. And like I said, he knew that it wasn't a good idea and he was pressured into it. So I just feel really bad that he became like one of the most hated people in all of professional wrestling. See, I thought this was the weird thing with the documentary, though, which was kind of my issue. Like, I agree. And like that narrative of him coming back and doing it right. I think it's very like, OK, good on you. But also, like, he's rich in his mansion, like, traveling around the world to learn wrestling. And he interacts with all these people who, like, are wrestling in these tiny little places who, like, are just trying to make ends meet. And, like, David Arquette gets to, like, go train with them for a week and then, like, leave and move on. And then, oh, I'm going to go do something else and be rich and famous and do these big matches. Where, like, all these other people just kind of, like, are in their backyard, like, hitting themselves with, like, chairs or whatever. And it's like, well, I feel kind of bad for them. Right. Like it feels like he is at the same like at the same time being like, oh, I want to do this right. And I don't want to have that privilege of being the celebrity doing this. But at the same time, he's using the privilege of being a celebrity and doing this. So I felt like that. I get what you mean by that, Carson. But his whole thing is he's trying to gain the respect back from wrestling fans Um, because like the reason everybody was so upset about it is because like the title means everything you have to put work into that you have to work your way up the card so when david arquette was doing like backyard wrestling and all this indie stuff that's him working his way up and that's what everybody does so he's he's like he's doing the path that you're supposed to take and i think that was the only way that he could have done it like it wouldn't make sense for him to like just start at like wwe and like work his way up that card that's not fair he has to put in the actual work that takes years and years before you even get to wwe that's the thing Um, that upset people with the wcw thing and i think it's important like i think it's worthwhile even for non-wrestling fans to kind of get like Mm -hmm. people really do care about this people like about even in like the rest like they do care so that's i guess like that makes it more meaningful like going into this wrestling series like to think about that and that mindset Mm -hmm. that's why i thought it would be good to like start with these because you kind of get an aspect of like what wrestling culture is like i guess 
well, we've talked about all these films. Do we maybe want to get into the wrestling to end this series yeah. off this week? Yeah. End this series. <laughs> to end this series. <laughs> I uh, heard you and you were me. right. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the match we picked to go along with these movies was the 2010 Royal Rumble. Because, I don't know, I didn't feel like watching a David Arquette match. And also, this is the road to WrestleMania. And the Royal Rumble kicks off the road to WrestleMania. So I had to pick a Rumble match. And I picked my favorite one. It's the 2010 Royal Rumble. I think it's iconic. Um, basically, the Royal Rumble is like their big January pay-per-view. And it's named after their gimmick match, the Royal Rumble. Um, it was invented, I think, by Pat Patterson. I can't remember. My wrestling encyclopedia knowledge has like really diminished over the past decade. I think it was Pat Patterson, though. And basically, it's kind of like a battle royale. But instead of like everybody starting in the ring starts with two guys and then every 90 seconds like two minutes it depends sometimes they let people in early if they feel like the match is getting slow time means nothing in the royal rumble um and basically like every 90 seconds or so a new guy pops up um and eventually it gets to 30 not all at the same time obviously um but like there's 30 entrants and um basically to win you have to throw your opponents over the top rope and both of their feet have to hit the ground to be eliminated like if you go underneath the rope you're not eliminated if one foot touches the ground you're not eliminated you're still in um and basically the winner of this 30 man match gets to gets a number one contender spot to like fight the champion at wrestlemania so like Whoever wins the Rumble gets to fight the WWE champion at WrestleMania. That's the whole point of this. That's why it kicks off the road to WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, I picked this one um, because there's two things that make the Royal Rumble matches really iconic. And that's like endurance runs and surprise returns. And I picked this one because I love the surprise return. Um, so yeah, we can talk about it. I want to hear what you guys think, because I've seen this, like, six times, because it's my favorite one. So I want to hear what, like, you guys thought of it first. Obsessed that you spent six hours of your life watching this match, then. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, so, uh, backstory on me. I think I've only seen one Royal Rumble to WrestleMania whole experience. Um, I was friends with some fucking nerds. Um, back in the year of our Lord, I want to say 2018. Um, you know what? They kind of like ghosted me, so I don't feel bad calling them nerds. Um, and nerds ghosting you is like awkward. You're like, God damn, like not even these people like me. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you know how much better I am than you? So like you, you're lucky to have me fucking weirdo. Um, so anyway. Um, they would have parties where we would watch um, different wrestling. So we started with WrestleMania or uh, we started with Royal Rumble and all the way through WrestleMania. Um, so I watched like every week for a couple weeks. Um, uh, but it's interesting because <laughs> it's the same feeling, but something about them being this being dated by 12 years um, 
makes it like a lot weirder. <laughs> you're watching and you're like, oh, there's that semi-famous person. Um, oh, <laughs> I've never heard of 20 of you. Um, and knowing like because you haven't heard of them, they probably don't matter in the grand scheme of things. That's um, how I feel about re- watching Royal Rumble matches now. Like, you know that meme of, like, Kiki Palmer and, like, Dick Cheney when she's like, sorry to this man. I don't know who this man is. So I'm walking down the street. I wouldn't know a thing. That's me with, like, three quarters of the WWE roster right now. So I get where you're yeah. from. Well, uh, yeah, so that's where I am now on these. But what was interesting is, like, you just kind of just uh, – it's like old Oscars almost. And you're like – what is this lineup? Who are these people? And then all of a sudden they go, John Cena. And you're like, fuck yeah, John Cena. <laughs> I don't even like you that much, but like someone I Nobody understand. Nobody I recognize. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, Dave Batista, And I'm like, wow, you look a lot better. You aged poorly. Uh, <laughs> That's so weird. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the man should learn how to use like, a moisturizer <laughs> um, but like he's getting a little leathery i'll give you that i was very <laughs> upset seeing him and being like oh like john cena if you showed me that and today i'd be like yeah that's the same dude uh dave batista not even uh, yeah no i just like i was i was very interested it was like it was so weird to have only like a couple people and the only ones i it was also sad to like hear people that I knew from the time when I watched it in like 2018 um, and being like, oh, Chris Jericho still still doing this eight years later. Like, and I'm assuming he's still going. Um, it's yeah. just sad. Like there's something about WWE and this is like not me trying to be a a dick about it it is just very feels like it's a springboard and if you're still there it feels like you're still on like you know jv sports when you're in your senior year of college (laughs) that's interesting because i don't feel like it's a springboard at all i feel like that's what they like love so much and then afterwards when they're just getting like old and they can't do it anymore that's when they transition to hollywood that's when they transition to being multi-millionaires. <laughs> multi-millionaire well, I mean, film stars. John Cena was a millionaire before he started like movies and stuff. He's the face of the company. Most of them, most of the like top guys like make big bucks. Not if you're like a That's mid-carter true. though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They stay for a long time because they love it. That's why Edge came back. Um, oh, he comes back? I guess I'm just used to the, yeah. I guess I'm just used to the wrestler 2009. I assume everyone's just like this old pain pill, like a and like going out there and going to die. <laughs> Wait, are um, we watching the wrestler when we talk about? <laughs> we should. <laughs> I the have final never week. seen that because I feel like it's gonna make me really sad because wrestling already makes me really sad. Like I've not watched it because like wrestling is sad when they're like sixty and they're like dying from like I don't know neck injuries and like heart attacks and like being addicted to like painkillers because they're in so much pain it's fucked up dude like which is so weird because when you watch like um you know you watch like the royal rumble and you're like these people are barely touching each other yeah (laughs) there was one smack that uh john cena is supposed to do to these two guys and i was like 
You didn't. You weren't even remotely close. No. <laughs> and they, they both like react like it's the worst pain they've ever. That's felt. one of so John like, Cena's signature moves. It's called the five knuckle shuffle. It is stupid, yeah. and most wrestling fans who are not eight year old children agree that it's very stupid. And I wish he wouldn't do it because it's embarrassing. Um, I feel like the attitude. I also like the five knuckle shuffle sure. because five knuckle shuffle definitely sounds like something that you would be like all right my girlfriend broke up with me i guess i'm gonna go five knuckles shuffle <laughs> <laughs> i'll say before we get my thoughts on the rumble that we need to learn who these new people are considering the series is gonna end next year with us going wrestlemania so we probably should have a, a, just the slightest idea of what is happening <sighs> and paul you have no excuse not to go because you live in la it's perfect for you you can't even be like i don't want to travel it's there well carson's no buying the tickets so that's fair for myself <laughs> for all i will go if <laughs> clapper pays for us to go <laughs> we're launching jack? a patreon soon guys you better hook us up <laughs> no jack write us a check let's go <laughs> this is like the French dispatch where like he pays for like the person in that pays for like a seaside hotel. No, pay for us tickets to WrestleMania and then we'll talk. Um, <laughs> my thoughts about the Rumble. Number one, I think the format of this was like fun because it was just constantly changing who was in it. So at least you mm-hmm. had that to look forward to. I like the first half more than the last half, mainly because I think the people in the first really? half were more fun. The cult really? leader, don't know his name, fun. Love that. Same he talks shit. The guy, there was a man who came out with like one half of his pants were pants and one half was shorts. Love that. I thought like, Rider. that's a Love. choice I can get behind. <laughs> Other than that, my main point was just Shawn Michaels. And he's an old, he's old. And the announcers are like, he just wants to win this because he wants one match and he wants to face The Undertaker. And I was like, yeah, Shawn, I want you to face him too. He just looks sad and old and like he could die any year. So like, I was just like, we should give it to him. And then fucking like John Cena is like out there punching him. I'm like, stop, John. He's old. I wouldn't punch it like if an old man came in, was like, my dying wish is to do this. I'd be like, sure, John, you have more years. I don't think Sean does. So I was very upset when he got thrown out. No spoilers, because I was really rooting for him. The rest of this, I didn't really care about. Those are my main points. But like, Sean, I don't know if I maybe I'd be a bad wrestler, but I would just throw myself out. Like, sure, Sean, you're old. He looked like he was like crippling. He couldn't really walk even, to be honest. He was like hobbling around the ring, like trying to like lift people. He always looked sad and depressed too. I assume he was on some kind of painkiller. But like, I was just really sad for him. That was my thoughts. Okay. Um, Oh, and Edge was hot. I agree. Edge was, I'm going to do a series on this where every week I'm going to say my hottest wrestler because it gives me something to do on this series. And Edge takes the cake this week. Edge was pretty fun. I love him. I think it's really interesting, Carson, that you liked the first half better because I like the second half way better. I think it has like just really good like storylines and booking, like especially um, like the whole Shawn Michaels thing. Um, So like this was the 2010 Rumble. So like in 2009, the year before, uh, Shawn Michaels fought The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And he lost, and that was really upsetting for him because Shawn Michaels has, like, accomplished everything there is to accomplish in the WWE, but he's never beaten The Undertaker at Mania. Um, And a lot of wrestlers get this, like, itch to, like, defeat Undertaker because before Brock Lesnar, who I hate, 
beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, The Undertaker had, like, a 20-year-long undefeated streak at WrestleMania. And it's, like, a huge thing. It's one of the biggest, like, things in wrestling. So Shawn Michaels wanted to be the one to end the streak, and he lost. Um, And like I explained earlier, the Royal Rumble, you can fight whoever you want, the champion at Mania. Taker was the champion at the time. So naturally, Shawn Michaels would be able to fight The Undertaker. Um, And that's why he was so desperate to win the Rumble. And that's why he attacked our poor referee, Charles Robinson, and a bunch of other people. Um, I don't know. I just It's just really, it's really good storytelling. Listeners, I want you to know, I don't know what this is going to be edited to, but just know the segment took an hour to record. I just want you to be aware of that, that Paul <laughs> was a good boy and sat there the entire time. So good on you. Let's end this thing off with our recommendations for the week. Paul, what is your recommendation for the week? So prior to um, sitting through the cinematic misadventure that was Jackass, I saw um, for the second time uh, Sundown, um, which is Franco's new film um, of a new order semi-fame or infamy, depending on the person you talk to. Um, I really love this film, and I think it's better the second time. Um, It's really a film that makes you question a lot of things about yourself and society and everything. Um, And I think it's really great. It's very sad. It's very slow. Um, My friend, who I saw it with, hates everything, but hated this. And, like... I sometimes get really passionate about things that I like when other people dislike. And this one I particularly was just like into defending. And I realized some things as I defended it about why I liked it and everything. Um, I think it's really great. So, yeah, that's mine. Sundown. It's in theaters right now. It'll probably be in theaters for the rest of the day. But, um, you know, watch it on VOD. Shout out to Michelle Franco, who just somehow gets his films into AMC theaters. Like, Drive My Car, nowhere. A Hero, nowhere. Hand of God, all these films, nowhere. Michelle Franco comes in, just gets his films in AMC. So that's fun. <laughs> it's incredible. They understand art. Well, the, they did create the Nicole Kidman ad, which I think is the best short film of the year. So, fair. <laughs> Alina, what's your recommendation? Um, I have haven't watched any movies outside of what we recorded for the podcast but i have been watching a ton of tv which is not like me um i don't know i think we might talk about it on the podcast in a couple weeks but i really liked the first three episodes of pam and tommy that's controversial i've seen a lot of people hating on it i understand but i wanted to watch it anyway because i really like sebastian stan and i'm a simp um, I don't know. I just, I think he's really good as Tommy Lee. I think Lily James is really good as Pamela Anderson. I'm very intrigued as to where the story is going to go. Um, cause I feel like it could be getting a little problematic. We'll see what happens, but I don't, I, I enjoyed the first three episodes. I think it's like a good mini series. I do feel bad for Pamela Anderson, but I don't know. There's nuance. Sure. I'm excited to check that out. I think we're going to try to do an episode on it. I've not seen any of it yet, so I have no opinions, but I think we're going to try to do an episode on that. So I'm excited by the premise alone. 
I'm going to have two recommendations this week. My real one is going to be Big Time Adolescence. It's really good. Pete Davidson is really good in it from the same guy who did I Want You Back. I think I Want You Back is probably a little bit better, but I really like this film also. My second would be for anyone who's even not a fan of Big Brother. If you have Paramount Plus or if you don't have it, get it and watch the live feeds because Lamar Odom is on this season and he is crazy. He shit the bed the other night. Every day he just does something stupid and crazy. And you can see him 24 hours a day just live streamed inside this house. He talks about how he misses the misses the Kardashians. He cries. He shits the bed. Like it's everything I think you want from entertainment. And also it's a, like Celebrity Big Brother started to watch Big Brother. I'm obsessed, you know. So I'm sorry, it. you very poorly pitched um big time adolescence by saying Pete Davidson's in it. Um it's apparently got Sydney Sweeney in it. Yeah, she like more of a minor role, I think, but it's been a while. It doesn't matter. I like it shot up to my like number one most needed to watch movies. Literally, I was like, (laughs) Pete Davidson, who gives a fuck? Sydney Sweeney, yes, let's do this. I have no idea. I think you might hate I have no idea if you're gonna love it or hate it, but I feel like you're gonna feel strongly about it. So I guess we'll see. Uh so let's end this thing by saying where we can find everyone on social media. Alina. You can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at Alina Falds. Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore Movie Reviews, Letterboxd, just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. We post new episodes every single Wednesday, so come back next Wednesday, see another episode. Write us an email at clappercast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Clapper Podcast. Rate us five stars. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.